episode 431 of the PlayStation Nation podcast with you once again. That guy over there is Josh Langford. Hello. And my name is Glenn. How's everybody doing today? Uh, we're I'm, I'm all awake and stuff because we're doing this literally like right after work today uh, because we want to get the show up uh, like early, early, early Tuesday morning for these embargoes that are lifting. Uh, mm-hmm. And we know that we said last week that we were going to have the show out on Monday. Uh, for this embargo thing that we're going to be talking about. but and, and the embargo already lifted on that, and that was until dawn. Uh, but we have two other games that uh, all of a sudden had review embargoes lift as well on Tuesday morning. So we wanted to cover all three this week, and that's why we went with the later release. So Yeah. But I'm still going to blame Josh for lying about that. Sure I think that's only not. fair right now. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm recording from Rock's house. I've got the, uh, the the Yeti mic, although I'm in his office and it's a little echoey, so if uh, the audio is a little weird, that's why. Uh, but yeah, I think we got some fun stuff to talk about and a couple of crappy things to talk about this week. Uh, new releases, some news items, what we're playing and watching, Josh's review of EA Sports' Rory McIlroy PGA Tour, my review, and probably Josh's, of God of War 3 Remastered for PS4. And Josh has a pretty cool preview of the first four chapters of Until Dawn from Supergiant Games. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, about that Extra Life mini marathon I'm going to do in two weeks. Uh, some emails, and we'll get the freak out of here. So, yeah. The, the mm-hmm. sun's still out. Just got back from work. I'm all full sun of sun. The sun is shining. <laughs> the birds Bees are, are singing. <laughs> birds, birds are chirping. Bees are trying to have sex with them. Yep. as is my understanding. Uh, is my understanding from what uh, my friend's parents told me? Not really sure. I grew up Catholic, so I was taught that sex is evil and you should never have it unless right. you're going to make babies. Well, yeah. No, wait a second. That's the Catholics. <laughs> that's all they do. It's just baby, baby, baby. Yes, but it, but not for recreation and not for pleasure. Only for making children. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the witch god said this i i just need to make sure i understand um <laughs> it's it's how you interpret oh, i don't want to get into that <laughs> <laughs> i could offend pretty much everybody in the world but with my uh my feelings about religion as a whole so <laughs> just know everybody that, that my mother was a nun uh so i grew up in a very pretty strict catholic household for quite a while not like mean strict just you know you're going to church four times a week that sort of thing. Wow. But that's why I studied theology as much as I did when I was younger. Hmm. I still love the concept, and I love – I'm fascinated by all the different versions of religion out there. Um, yeah. But okay. how the hell do we get into this all of a sudden? I uh, don't know. Zombie Army Trilogy wow. is coming out next week. say what? <laughs> uh, on disc, and it's forty nine ninety nine. Oh, by the way, hold on. This is funny. Because you and I were just what? talking about the embargo for PGA Tour. Yeah. It's been, it's been on freaking EA Access on Xbox One for a week. Why the fuck? Not, not a full week. It's just the past like, a, three days. But, sure, but you're not under embargo. Weekend. So oh my, why set an embargo if it's going to be available like that? Yeah. <sighs> that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh, yeah. the game, the, the rules that we have to adhere to sometimes just make no sense at all. That is true. It makes the IT world seem sane. That is also oh, true. Oh, my God. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so... Oh, see, this is funny. <laughs> Nobody can see what you're looking at. No. You pull up Amazon, 
and you pull up what's coming up. Uh-huh. And this happened to me when I pulled it up before we started. The first game I saw for next week is F1 2015. Okay. At 59.99. All right. So I clicked on it for some reason and then I clicked back to the list and it just did it again. Then in front of it, Zombie Army Trilogy and the next one appear. Okay. Like they weren't there on the list until I clicked into one of the games and came back to the list. They, that list has not been 100% accurate for weird. so long. There's weird stuff going on. Oh, yeah. There's okay, a doings so, of transpiring, Paul. Yeah. So if you pre order too late, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you would get an official digital comic. For which one? Zombie Army Trilogy? Zombie Ar- yeah, okay. Zombie Army Trilogy. Um, it's got everything on there. 50 bucks. All right. So the next one, Wolfenstein, the old blood. Nice. Another one that was digital only is now 20 bucks for a physical copy. And that one makes sense because there's no online anything in that game to begin with. So having it available on disc is good for the people that don't have internet connections. Mm -hmm. Oh, makes sense. Well, I'm happy with physical anything. Um, F1 2015, I mentioned, fifty nine ninety nine, And then Oni Chanbara Z2 Chaos. Apparently, Amazon has the <laughs> Banana Split Edition. The Banana Splits? Holy crap. And that is also a pre-order bonus. You receive, you pre-order it, and you receive a free upgrade to the Banana Split Edition, which includes a soundtrack disc, <laughs> art book, and DLC code for the Strawberries and Banana Costume. What the fuck? Yes. Um, I, all I can think yeah. is the, uh, what, 70s children's TV show, The Banana Splits? Banana Splits, yeah. Yes. Tra-la-la-la-la-la-la. Oh, that's what it, I don't remember anything else from that show. One banana, two banana, three banana, four. Yeah. Oh, I remember that like mad. I used to love that show. <clears throat> I had Was that Sid and Marty had, Croft? Mm, it looked like him. I don't know that it was. You might hear me typing because now I have to look it up. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I just... One of the things I remember the most, I, I I thought the dog was the coolest. Well, the dog and the the lion looking guy, and I always remembered, you know, during the credits where they're trying to run up the slide, the the giant slides, yeah, and they keep sliding, falling, and sliding down. Um, <clears throat> but I used to love that show. I had I had cups that had them on it. I had I had like oh, a yeah, bunch of yeah. merchandise from it. Okay, here's the info. Holy shit! Season one was season one was directed by Richard Donner. Wow! Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> For those of you that don't know, uh, that was the director of the first, well, first and second Superman movies with Christopher. That's Reed. crazy. So these, wow, I was way off on the dates. Uh, the show was on from September of sixty eight to September of nineteen seventy. So obviously, I watched reruns. Yeah, uh, produced by Hanna Barbera, ran for thirty one episodes on NBC Saturday mornings. Uh, the costumes and the sets were designed by Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah, and the series sponsor like was them. Kellogg Cereal. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was a great show. Richard F. And Donner. Holy crap. Hey, Don was Messick was one of the voices. Show. Holy shit. Yeah, opening theme. Tra la la. Yep. Wow. All right. Sorry about that. I had to. You, that came to mind. I had to look it up. It's okay, been so long. With Oni Chambara, uh, it's zombie slaying action with the Bikini Samurai Squad. 
Um, four lovely ladies, four unique playing styles, tons of customization and replay options. Dual language voice acting soundtrack. Nice. Nice. Get the original Japanese and for the first time in series history, a full English dub if you want it. Wow. Dubstep? Yeah. This is Xseed. That's nice. Yeah, that is. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, well, this first news item, we might as well just get this right away. Uh, sudden news out of uh, Japan uh, on Sunday that Nintendo's CEO and president, Satoru Iwata, suddenly passed away at age 55. Uh, I don't remember the exact thing he had, but it was a form of cancer. Uh, he'd been sick for a while, and then they said that he was recovering. Uh, it was throat cancer originally. And... Uh, yeah, it, it just all of a sudden happened with uh, nobody really knowing what was going on. So, I mean, the Internet has just been blowing up with, uh, you know, tributes and, and that sort of thing uh, all day today. Uh, and I always liked the guy. I always liked his sense of humor. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Nintendo Direct they did when we were at E3 this last year with the Muppets. It was hilarious. I mean, you don't see many executives at his level. Uh, involving himself in something like that, especially from you know from a Japanese corporation. Uh, but that's what I always liked about Iwata is that you know Nintendo is still kind of steeped in that whole Japanese culture and you know very stilted. And, and he was the first, uh, he was the fourth CEO of Nintendo in a hundred and some years. He's the first one that wasn't a part of the family. Uh, so you know he got himself to a, to a position in that company through a lot of hard work. But what a lot of people don't know is he actually was a developer. He's the guy that yeah. developed Balloon Fight, among other yeah. things, uh, which is still a great game to this day. And but to see him doing a lot of the stuff that he did in the Nintendo Directs, you know, and and all the, the the stuff that he did with the Nintendo characters for pictures and whatnot. I mean, we never saw Jack Tretton doing stuff like that, you know, and he's not even Japanese. So that's one thing that I'm I'm really going to miss is that is that sort of uh, that silliness that he would involve himself in, but at the same time. You know, he would come on these Nintendo Directs and just like you know introduce himself and then bow at the end of it and just very traditional. So it was just kind of a weird dichotomy that he would uh, display to a lot of people. Yeah, that's uh, it sucks. <clears throat> it does. I mean, he came in at a time where Nintendo was kind of you know really having a problem identifying themselves. He came in for uh, I believe the launch of the GameCube. But it was also his uh, that that whole blue ocean concept where they didn't want to compete with the other two companies anymore. They wanted to kind of stand off on their own, yeah. and that was kind of the birth of the DS and you know the birth of the Wii and and you know the Wii was very well, successful. Those, yeah, those were his big launches, yeah. and the DS was the first one that he really was behind. Right. And yeah, I mean it it. It's funny because we talk about the Wii and how it was this huge success in terms of consoles sold, but not in terms of games sold and not in terms of gameplay as people played it and then put it away in the closet sure, after a couple sure. of weeks. Um, but it brought Nintendo back to prominence um, where they were, they were just reeling mm-hmm. <laughs> when... Sony came out with the PlayStation and then the PlayStation 2 uh, going up against the N64 and the GameCube. Yeah. And they did, Sony dominated them. Yeah. Um, and they came back and the Wii just 
took over the industry and then suddenly Sony and Microsoft were playing catch up with the connect and the move and, you know, everybody was into waggles and, and <laughs> motion controls and stuff. Um, it's been a long time since I've waggled. Mm. Mm. Yeah. He, I just, I don't even know what to say. It's just, it's it's a huge blow to the industry and and you know it's 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 one of the I saw some stupid tweets this morning too and and I, you know some gamers just don't really get it you know number one they get all serious about things they don't realize this is still video games it's still supposed to be fun but number two I I think a lot of people don't understand how involved Iwata-san was with the, not just the industry but with the games itself like he he it was an actual gamer he played a lot of games uh, he was a developer, and he always came from a kind of a developer's mindset for a lot of things. And just reading the stories about how you know he made it possible for things to happen that nobody ever thought would happen, like Earth, uh, or was it Mother Three? I think it was, and getting that mm-hmm. over to the Virtual Console, and, and actually like sitting down and, and working on some of these games early on. Well, he wrote some kind of compression technology for I think it was the Pokemon games that allowed them to to finish what they were doing on it. Right. Uh, right. One of the early ones or one of them. I, I don't remember the exact story, um, but he was that involved where <laughs> he would actually go, Oh, you, you guys are having trouble here. Let me write this code. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a story that I even linked to, uh, which I'll just kind of gloss over a little bit, but um, you know, they were talking about the launch of the DS and how big it was in Japan and Iwata wasn't even there for the launch. Instead, he was actually in the city of Sendai visiting this man, Professor uh, Ryuta Kawashima. And uh, he had brought out some books and, and about these brain exercises and everything else. And that's where Brain Age came from. Mm. Because he saw something there that, you know, we can make this into something that's not just a game, but that works with, with our, uh, our handheld and everything else. And look how that game just blew up. Yeah, and you saw all these other uh, clones coming out on the other systems too. So it was that sort of thing that you know we've been. I've been seeing a lot of stories all day, you know, talking about how he went out of his way to do this, or you know, it, 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 it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, he the one time I bumped into him and said hi, he couldn't have been nicer. You know, he could have just like his handlers could have pushed me out of the way or whatever, but he was really nice about things. So. It sucks. It, it really does, and I think Nintendo is, is worse off without him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who tries to take that helm. Because, uh, like I said, he's the mm. first one that wasn't in the family that owns that company, the, the core of that company, that uh, took over as CEO. So it's going to be interesting to see if they go back to somebody in the family or if they have somebody else that they're grooming. I mean, he's been sick for a while, so I'm wondering if they've been kind of planning just in case something like this happens. But I think they had to. They had to have, yeah. Because I know somebody else took over as an interim while he was in the hospital for a while. But uh, I, he, that, that person that took over never took his title. They just kind of took over operations for that time being. So, I, I'm, yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens with Nintendo. I'm, I'm interested to see if... You know, over the next couple of years, if the course changes a little bit and, and you know, they change their, their formula or, you know, they've got the NX in, in the works. They've already mentioned it by name by NX on, uh, on their streams at E3 and everything else. So we know it's a reality. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to kind of go that same blue ocean route and, and try to make it something unique or if they're going to just try to, you know, kind of directly compete with 
Microsoft and Sony again and bring out an actual just gaming console without any th- any fancy control schemes or anything else. No, I think it. I think it's going to be something unique and different. I do too. It's I just mean, who they are. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. But with the Wii U's failure, I mean, it, really, it has been a failure. It has, but they've talked about that, and and they said, I don't think they quite got it. Um, yeah. But they, you know, I, I think a lot of it was just lost in the message, um, as we've alluded to over and over again, with people thinking it was an add-on, people not understanding, and but their take on it was it was just it was a good concept. It was just at the wrong time where tablets were taking off and. People didn't see, people didn't understand, you know, this wasn't like a full fledged on its own tablet that it was required for right. gameplay and that, you know, there was a whole thing that they were trying to get across and it just didn't, it just kind of fell flat in terms of consumer understanding, yeah. basically. Um, so I, I think they'll take those lessons to heart and still try to do something unique and different. Um, I, well, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be anything VR. Although, uh, now that I think of it, Reggie fils kind of bashed on the current VR technology. So who knows? Maybe they are going to try something like that. Virtual Boy 2? Hmm. <laughs> Virtual Boy Wii? Or no, Virtual Boy U? I don't know. It's weird, like this weekend, even before all this happens, no. this just came out. What, what's that? It'll be the Wii VR. The Wii VR. <laughs> and the console will look exactly the same as the first two, mm-hmm. even though it's a new console. Yeah. Uh, so this news came out last night, uh, Sunday night. <clears throat> uh, but it was weird because I was home this weekend and it was on this really weird 16 bit, like Nintendo Sega kick. And I was watching a ton of videos, and I was watching some stuff for the Virtual Boy, and then I pulled my Virtual Boy out, and I started playing it for a while. And uh, so it, it's really odd timing that the, all this happened. And I still need to finish Console Wars, by the way. Gosh, mm, I gotta get through that book. So I think we can have actually get that author on here for an interview if we want. Was it Ernest Klein, or is that the? No, Ernest Klein was. No, it's Blake Harris. Yeah, that's right. I was getting confused. Yeah, and yeah, you do need to finish that. Yeah, well, I have to find the time. <laughs> That's the tough part. I don't even have two kids and a wife, uh, and I still have a hard time finding the time. So, mm-hmm. so this next one, I just well, anyway. So uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a huge loss to to not just Nintendo, but to the gaming world in general. It really is. Uh, he he was a really cool guy and and uh, I really like I said I loved his his personality and and his sense of humor especially uh, the stuff they did you know on those Nintendo directs and and even some of his talks at GDC that I've watched uh, he just he's somebody that it, it, he was a very unique uh, executive that you don't see very often in gaming mm-hmm. uh, you know you, a lot of times you see these executives come in from other companies and. They might have seen a video game here or there, but you know that's not really their thing, and and that's the difference with Iwata that uh, that he knew the business right and left. He, he started from the bottom and worked his way up through Hal Laboratories and and you know up into Nintendo when they uh, started working together, and and yeah, so it's 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 going to be really interesting to see what happens with the company. I'm sure it's going to be fine. I mean, they have, they have a very good executive branch in in place, but yeah. 
All right. Uh, this next one I had to include because I think it's just the most ridiculous announcement ever. Uh, when we got the email, I laughed. Uh, I thought it was actually a joke. So we actually got this announcement, and they did it at Comic-Con even, uh, that the next Street Fighter V character that's being revealed, drumroll, if I had the mixer here, I could do a drum roll. Hey, Ken's in the game. Oh, my God. Ken's in a Street Fighter game. Finally. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. That's your big reveal, Ken, who's been in pretty much every Street Fighter except for like I think two. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was silly. Um, well, all right. With that throwaway one, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Rock Band four tracks that were revealed. Okay, I didn't know if you'd want to talk about that today. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Um, there's a couple on there I'm very interested in. Me too. Um, the Cure, although that's not a great Cure song. It's I've never been a, a fan of that band. Um, it's weird. Like I was a fan of them. Jeez, nineteen seventy nine. Like when they first came along. <laughs> I think that's when I was still look at, listening to like Kenny Rogers and Slim Whitman and. Well, uh, but see, for me, I was listening to Kenny Rogers at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean the only music I, the only musical influence I had in '79 was what my stepdad listened to, and it was all that old school, like country and everything else. Yeah, I was. I could listen to Sheena Easton, Hell yeah. <laughs> and The Cure. <laughs> you know, I was I was all over the place with my music, and they just they meant different things to me. You know, um, so that eh, I'm not thrilled with that song but foo fighters great it's yeah a new one too. Uh, of course i uh messaged nick right back and said why don't you just release the whole goddamn album yeah seriously <laughs> um live yeah that's, that's a, good a pretty song. good song yeah. yeah um the outfield oh my like god that. that's a karaoke classic right there it's an awesome song um paramore i go back and forth on some of their stuff i like some i don't it's, yeah Fucking St. Vincent. That freaked me out that I saw that today. That's really cool. And that's a funky freaking song, too. Birth in Reverse. That's that's going to be interesting to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the other ones, I'm just like, nah. Well, Van Morrison's another uh, karaoke standard, uh, Brown Eyed Girl. Yeah, like we haven't heard that song 52 billion but times enough. It's a crowd favorite, I'm telling you. You Not play today. that at any bar here in Wisconsin, everybody in that bar will be singing. Yeah, Even the guy Wisconsin. passed out on the bar. What's that? That's Wisconsin. You got a problem with Wisconsin, bro? <laughs> uh, so Ozzy Osbourne, meh. That's not one of his better songs. Judas Priest, meh. I love Judas Priest, so I'm happy with uh, that one. Aerosmith, blah. Yeah. I, I don't need any Aerosmith except and for, Dream, you know, maybe in a Saints Row game. And Dream Theater, eh. I, I, I like. I think it's funny that they have Metropolis Part One, The Miracle and the Sleeper. Where's Part Two? <laughs> so you only get one part. Yeah, yeah. Um. So what else? Uh, Lego Avengers. Lego, Lego Avengers. Avengers. Um. It's not a direct sequel to Marvel Superheroes. Um. But it will cover events from Avengers and Age of Ultron. Indeed. Which is pretty cool. Uh, they will be using audio from the films. Nice. As long as they do a little bit better than Jurassic say, World. It, yeah, as long as they don't like <laughs> downsample it. And well, I mean, Avengers. The, the Avengers movies are a little bit newer than the first Jurassic Park, though. 
Although it still yeah. doesn't make any sense because the, I have a DTS laser disc that sounds fantastic of like of Jurassic Park. So yeah, yeah, I don't get that um, one. Yeah, and Stanley gets his own Standbuster armor. <laughs> I can't believe how vibrant that guy is. He's like ninety two. Yeah, and everybody was talking about at Comic Con how he just he just waltzed right in, signing an autograph, saying hi to everybody. Jeez, I'm like forty two and I can't even do that. You know what though? I think that really takes a lot out of him though. He's he's he he downtime. He's just down. Oh, it's got to be. He gets yeah. in there. He's all up because um, Brian Johnson was talking about when they had him on Comic Book Men. Okay. And at one point, the crew was dragging their feet and just kind of dicking around. And meanwhile, Stanley had been there all day, and he's just propped up in a corner. Just you could see he was fading. He was like, "I just I can't." And yeah, um, Brian like flipped down on the crew. Like, would you get your shit together? Because I mean, we're just we're. Just inconveniencing him, making him sit around all day. He doesn't have time for this shit. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm glad that he's getting the recognition. And he's he's having fun with it. And he's, you know, he's making the most of it. And that's great. He's really having a blast. Yeah. And it shows. Oh, yeah, definitely. Is really cool. So. It's funny. I see uh, people commenting all the time, like, why is Stanley in every freaking movie? It's in his contract. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's actually in the contract for Marvel that when they have a movie uh, that I think it's anything Marvel, uh, as long as it's not Fox, you know, like the ones that, yeah. that Marvel don't have anymore, like uh, uh, yeah. Fantastic Four and that sort of thing. If it's something that Marvel is producing, it's in the contract that Stanley has to have the option of being in it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. But I just love how he's like, hey, Stan Lee's got a part in this. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and? And? Little Big Planet 3, The Journey Home. Indeed. Came out. Did you try and it yet? That was not now. That's the stuff I tried with uh, <clears throat> with Sarah at um, E3. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, we played a little bit together, and it's cool. Uh, it's a full set of levels and locations and stuff. Um, and there's a lot of, lot of content in there and it's only five ninety nine. Yeah. That's what I've been hearing that it's a pretty good wealth of, of content. Yeah. So very cool. Very much worth it. I think hmm. um, I didn't play cause I've been a little wrapped up in three other games this past week. So yeah. yeah, I really I haven't even played Little Big Planet three yet. <sighs> I have it on my hard drive and I haven't even played it yet. Yeah, how, how crappy is that? It's good. Yeah. Oh, and the other badass thing that's going on. Badass. The, the, the New Horizons spacecraft is almost right on top of Pluto. Right. It now. is pretty cool, and they actually put the ashes. Of yes. the scientists that first discovered Pluto in the ship, or yeah, in the thing, I, yeah. I tweeted that out this morning. How that's, crazy is that? It's awesome. You tweeted that? that? I didn't see that. I saw yeah. it on, uh, on, was it Wired, I think I saw it? Hmm. I don't remember where yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it's because he was the first American to discover a planet. Right. And 
he was, I think he died in the mid to late nineties. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Somewhere around there. But, um, it's, it's freaking cool. It is. And how fast it's going and the pictures we've seen already. I mean, it makes me giddy. Like the, this is, this is like when we were kids and, uh, the first, well, Viking, 76 Viking landed on Mars, which was unreal. Oh, was that was before broken. or after V'ger? Well, it was broken. <laughs> <laughs> and then it only had, it only got out like two pictures, I think. Yeah. Um, but then uh, the first one that went past Jupiter and suddenly we saw Jupiter in detail for the first time. Right. Like in the eighties, which was unreal. That and was. Saturn. And then, and then we found out, I don't think it was on that first mission. It might have been on that first mission. It might have been on the second one that Jupiter had a ring. And everybody was like, wait, what? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, and then out to Uranus <laughs> and Neptune and seeing the rings there, uh, which just, it's so cool and it's so mind boggling. And this is finally, we're finally getting to Pluto, which I remember when they were trying to get funding for this and, Congress kept trying to cut the funding for this. Desperately kept trying to cut the funding for this. <laughs> How am I going to get richer if we send this spacecraft to a planet? Yeah. Explain and that to me. Just the fact that they were able to get it through, the fact that they were able to get it launched and get it there. It's it's unreal. The distance involved, the the calculations involved to get it right where it needs to be, <clears throat> right when it needs to be. And to get the pictures back. Yeah. It's, I think at this point, I forget what it, I think it's like an 18 hour, I could be wrong, like an 18 hour, um, uh, round trip light, uh, time from where it is right now. So we send out a message 18 hours later, it gets it. It sends a message back and 18 hours later, we get it. I thought it took longer than 18. I thought for some reason that's in my head. I don't Mm. know why I could be wrong. Yeah. I've, I've read so much in the last few days about a bunch of stuff that I'm just, everything's confused in my head now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all confused. I don't know what to do. Oh, um, uh, well finish the news and then I'll, there's some other crazy well, there's another one that we don't have on the list about. that we should probably talk about, even though it's been talked about a little bit before, but it sounds like it's kind of verified now that mm-hmm. uh, Kojima Productions is is disbanded. Mm. Uh, the, the Metal Gear Solid voice actor in Japan that uh, has played Snake for a long time uh, revealed the news in a Twitter update, and uh, Gematsu has translated it and basically says Kojima Productions has been disbanded. It appears that the work that the team has been putting their utmost effort into is nearly complete. Uh, and then later on, they're talking about uh, basically uh, Kojima will stay until uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is out, and then they're all out of Konami. And the big thing is that Konami has kind of said that they're going to focus on mobile games after this. And that might be one of the reasons, but there's been a huge power struggle between uh, Kojima Productions and between Konami for a long time, and Konami is just pretty much throwing him away. Yeah, it's insane. So they took all of the uh, all of the Kojima Productions branding off of Twitter, off of the official Metal Gear Solid website. 
uh, off of the LA office listing where, where the, the U.S. studio was. Uh, anything Metal Gear marketing-wise, they've taken the Kojima Productions logo out of it. Hmm. Anything they're going to re-release will not have Kojima Productions anywhere on it as well. Uh, and that's why, and that's the, they say that's pretty much why that Silent Hills thing that they were going to do with uh, Guillermo del Toro blew up as well. So, yeah. Uh, a key executive at Konami later said the company will pursue mobile games aggressively going forward, and that smartphones will be considered the main mm. platform. See you later, Konami. Been nice knowing you. Seriously. Talk about a company that I never thought I'd see a company implode <laughs> more than Sega, and now we're seeing Konami do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, and that was the, one of the things this weekend where I'm watching and even playing a little bit on the PSP, uh, you know, Castlevania, uh, what it's called Rondo of Blood or Dracula X or whatever, you know, playing that on the PC Engine this weekend and how amazing that game is and how we'll never see something that great again from Konami. We just won't, you know, and listening to the soundtracks and, and playing like Super Castlevania 4. Uh, which is still one of the best Castlevanias, in my opinion, uh, up there. I, Dra- uh, Dracula X, to me, is the best Castlevania game ever. I know a lot of people think that Symphony of the Night is, but I disagree. Uh, it's because Symphony of the Night's really not my style. But, uh, you know, just seeing games like that and, and their, their rich history of just awesome games, like even the t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games they did for the SNES, uh, seeing Batman Returns for the SNES, that was really good. Uh, you know, there was a lot of great stuff they did, and uh, it's it's just frustrating that they can't get their shit together. It's yeah, I mean, it's Sega all over again, but without a console. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Although Sega kind of reorganized themselves, well, well, I was gonna say they kind of reorganized themselves and put out a lot of software, but their software was a mess for a long time. It's still kind of hit and miss. Yeah, they have like these gems, there are these diamonds in the rough every now and then, are just these surprises. Like, you know, they even published uh, uh, what's the one that we loved on PS3 so much that was Platinum Games. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah, I know I what you're talking the about. <laughs> the robots in Japan and all that. The shooter, uh, right? Yeah. Jesus. I just saw the game yesterday, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, you know, you've got those. And you've got even Sega redoing, like, that uh, the OutRun and, and uh, you know, they redoing some of the other stuff for the 3DS that are phenomenal, those old arcade games. You know, they're doing some really cool stuff. That Afterburner game they brought out for PS3 on PSN. It's amazing. But then they bring out other crap and, and, you know, they won't redo or they won't do another Valkyrie Chronicles or, you know, they keep teasing it, but it's never going to happen. And if it does, it won't come to the U.S. You know, Vanquish. It, Vanquish. That's the one. Vanquish. But then I was also thinking about. Binary Domain that you love. Binary Domain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Which was set, set up for, it was perfectly set up for a sequel. Yeah. And, and it didn't sell 20 billion copies that they expected and said, nah, we're done with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So I, it, it, it's really sad to see a lot of this. You know, I started thinking about even some, some other publishers back in the 16-bit days that were really good that we don't see anymore, like Jalico and uh, HAL Laboratories. I don't know if they just got merged into Nintendo completely or what happened with them. And, and uh, uh, what was the other one I was thinking about? <sighs> I can't remember anymore. Atari. <laughs> well, Atari. They can go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Atari's not even Atari anymore in, in even know. the broadest sense. I mean, they're that owned sucks. by a French company and Infogrames. And, yeah. 
so it's it's just weird to see this these trends that are happening because Sega is such a strong brand and they're such a strong name still. There, and a lot of that is due to nostalgia, but at the same time, they obviously just can't seem to capitalize on that at all. Um, you know, they closed a lot of their operations in the U.S. Now they still have operations, but they closed up their office in San Francisco. A lot of people lost their jobs. They moved down to San Diego now. Uh, they deal a lot more with third parties. Uh, like they don't handle their own PR pretty much anymore and they don't handle their own marketing. They've pretty much just, you know, pawned all that off on somebody else contracted out. Well, it's strange how Japanese studios in general have struggled so badly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since somewhere in the last generation, right through till this one, they've, they've really been struggling and it seems to be with, uh, Oddly enough, with the HD uh, <laughs> revolution in gaming, when they had HD, when I was in freaking college, yeah, I, I in the eighties they had HD in Japan. I I went to the um, American Museum of History, whatever it was, one of the Smithsonian uh, museums in sure. Washington D.C. when I was in college. And you go through the technology exhibit, which was awesome. They walk you through from technology in America, basically, mm-hmm. from you know the early days and punch cards and things like that and getting all the way up through like the Enigma machine in World War II. And you walk through all these, all these things about technology. You get to the very end and there is a giant HD TV in front of you showing pictures of – uh, video shot around the Capitol, basically. And it was like looking out a window. It was remarkable. <laughs> it was just staggering. Yeah. I, I, every time somebody came down to visit me, I'm like, you have to come to the museum and see this thing. It's unreal. <laughs> well, and we went to look at it. It's, it's, it's it, funny because, you know, Konami also sucked up Hudson Soft, which was, you know, the major player behind the, the PC Engine Turbo Graphics. Mm-hmm. Among other things, you know, they're the ones that Bomberman and, and uh, Bonk and everything else. And they actually made a special version of Bomberman for the Turbo Graphics, not the Super Graphics, but for the Turbo Graphics that actually ran in 1080i because they mm-hmm. had 1080i sets in Japan that long ago. Yeah. And it actually, I think it supported 10 players. Like you could have two Turbo Taps plugged in and everything. Somehow, some way, I, I can't remember. It had. They had some way of playing it in 10-player. Maybe it was on the – because I know the Saturn one had 10-player, but I know for a fact there was a TurboGrafx one that was like a tournament version that supported that much resolution. I've only seen video of it. I've never seen it in in person or anything, and I don't even think you can get a hold of it. It's it's just such a crazy thing that like HD has been around that long in Japan, and Nintendo especially – Seem to be completely caught off guard and baffled by the whole yeah. HD and games thing. Yeah, and they struggled so bad with the Wii U because well, look what you even have to do in the game to get HD to work. Like you have to hold down a button when you boot up the system just to get it 480p working. To get you know? 480p, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. it is. It's it's really crazy how it, it's almost like the 4K generation now, though, because these new consoles are never going to support 4K for gaming. They're just not, and and really, they don't need to. But you know all these 4K displays are coming out. You can buy a bunch of them at less than a thousand bucks. They're really cheap already. But there's no source material, you know. And and I think that's part of the problem is that that side of technology ramps up so quickly that the content providers aren't ready for it, mm-hmm. you know. 
even like Charter, but, when they they offer this ridiculous speed uh, internet, but then you find out that the setup fee is three hundred bucks, and that's mainly to make people shy away from doing it because they're really not ready for it. But they announce these platforms so that they can stay competitive in the marketplace. But all the other companies, I mean, EA had a rocky start on the PS3. Um, oh yeah, but, but for the most part, companies latched onto it pretty quick and got a handle on it and they were putting out new and unique games and everything was in HD for the most part 720 or so yeah um but you know they at least had some sort of handle on it and they were able to make cool interesting unique games and they were able to take all their old staples and hdify them and things like that and japan seems to be completely baffled in terms of games in terms of everything like all these studios are struggling so hard over there oh yeah it's crazy. I'm just wondering if part of it is is kind of the work ethic over there, and and you know I think the extreme look is the Last Guardian. You know they mm. they work on projects a much different way I think than Western developers do. Um, where a lot of times it's more about the content and you know the the whole world surrounding it, and you see I mean you don't see freaking Call of Duty being made over in Japan. You know, it's a very yeah. different concepts that you get out of uh, the different regions. But, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. I mean, a lot of the, the developers I loved back in the day are gone. Or they're just not what they used to be. Yeah. I mean, I was never the biggest fan of Sega in terms of the Genesis, but Sega made some of the best arcade games ever. And some of the most innovative arcade games ever. I mean, freaking G-Lock. That, if, you had, if they had the deluxe one in your arcade, that thing went a full 360 degrees. I mean, you would strap yourself in. It was an airplane game or a jet flying game, and it would literally flip you 360 degrees. You never saw that from arcade manufacturers, from anybody. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's just weird. It's you know, you read some some of the stuff in console wars even, and, and just how they mismanage themselves, partly because of the of the culture in Japan and and how you run business in Japan. Well, yeah, Sega really. Yeah, Sega really fucked up because it became one of those things where Sega America figured out how to crack the market here yeah. and dominated, and they were doing better than Sega Japan was, and Sega Japan couldn't deal with that. Yeah, then they lost face. Yeah, and they just basically screwed them over. Yeah. So screwing over the entire company in the process, it's remarkable. I <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's always just really ba- uh, baffled me, you know. Yeah. And, and you see a lot of that. And I'm not saying that the Western developers or whatever are doing it perfect either. I mean, there's a lot of problems everywhere, but uh, you see you see things happening a lot more as a trend in Japan, which is kind of yeah. odd. But yeah, it, it stinks. I mean, my my beloved Turbo Graphics was amazing. You know, the PC Engine was huge in Japan. They got it over here, and they it was the kind of the same thing where they just didn't know how to, how to crack the U.S. And when they first started uh, as NEC over here, they were they had like their marketing people for their hardware and everything trying to work on this thing, and they totally botched it. And by the time Turbo Technologies kind of came around, it was too late. You know, they were struggling from from day one at Turbo Technologies, and they still couldn't get approvals to do things that they wanted to do, and they knew that would do well in the U.S. They couldn't get approvals from Hudson. So it's the same mindset, you know, which I always gave 
John from Turbo, Turbo Technologies. Everybody knows him Johnny as Johnny Turbo. I was gave him shit because he went to Sega after he left Turbo Technologies. He worked on Star Wars Arcade 32X, among other things. And when I saw him at CES that year when they were showing it, I was giving him a shit. I'm like, so you just went from one company to another that acts exactly the same. And he goes, well, the 32X is a, more of a Sega US thing, so it's a little bit different. And he goes, but yeah, it's kind of the same. <laughs> so. The 32X was actually Sega Japan, and they forced it on them. Because when the guys in the U.S. first saw it, they were like, oh, fuck this. Oh, that's right. We bring this out here, we're going to get killed. Yes and no. Yes, that happened. But then, from what my understanding was, Sega U.S. kind of took the reins with the 32X once it was forced upon them. And they tried to market it really hard, and then all of a sudden they they thought the Saturn was happening. Like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. They knew that the Saturn was coming, and they knew all this was going to happen. That's why they were like, no fucking way. We're not doing this. Uh, but they got to a point where they didn't have a choice, and they're like, well, if we're going to do it. We have to go down swinging, basically. Yeah. yeah. That was just a mess. <sighs> yeah. All oh, right. Wow. Ray Gutierrez is leaving Sony. Onward. Onward and upward. Uh, last one. You want to do it or you want me to do it? Nah, I don't care about it. <laughs> well, that's right. You don't even like the I mean, show, do you? I'll, I'll download it and I'll play it, of course. I mean, uh-huh. I, I get every single one of these, but I just don't really care about the show. Well, I am psyched about this because I'm a huge Seth MacFarlane fan. Uh, Family Guy is coming to Zen Pinball 2, and that's awesome. And quite frankly, if it's as good as the uh, Star Wars ta- or the, the South Park tables, I'm freaking in. But I'm a huge fan of Seth MacFarlane. I like Family Guy. I, I like his movies. Ted, Ted 2, Million Ways to Die in the West. I'm a fan, so I'm happy about this. I'm a fan of him as a person. I'm not such a fan of his family guy or his movies so far. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I teach their own. That's fine. There's things that you like that I don't like. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it because you like it. I'm saying it just because it's it's just the way it is. Well, but you've, you've never made it like a secret that you didn't like. Yeah. Ted and whatever. And there was the whole thing. Like I, I watched family guy. I hated it at first. I watched it and enjoyed it for maybe a season or so. And then I just got to a point where I was watching it just because just out of habit. I'm like, well, I just keep watching it. I watched it the other night. Yeah. I don't know why I watched it because the premise got me like (sighs) they, they got into an accident. They got into a car accident and they wake up in. Oh, is that the one where it's almost like the walking dead? Yeah, they wake up in a hospital and it's just the four of them. Nobody else is alive on Earth and they don't know what's going on. And I was like, oh, this is a cool premise. I watched the entire thing and I didn't even chuckle once. And it got to the end and I was like, oh, that was kind of a waste of time. Why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the premise got me, you know, but the 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 story, the jokes fell flat for me. And yeah. it's just the way it's always been. Not always. You know, there was a season there where I, I enjoyed it and... I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. It's just my brain doesn't go there for yeah, some reason. Yeah, sure. Which is funny. I mean, as much as you and I reference the old days and how much they do that yeah. in Family Guy, I think that would be perfect for you. Yeah. <clears throat> just saying. Yeah. So no no date given yet on this, uh, but it looks like it's, they're going to try to get this out in the fall. Uh, it's in collaboration with Fox Digital Entertainment, so I'm sure we're going to have a lot of like all the real voices, that sort of thing. Uh, and like I said, if it's like the South Park tables, man, I'm totally in. I, I think it's going to be awesome. So, kind of wish they could do the Stern table because the Stern table is really good. 
even that little mini Stewart, uh, the mini Stewie pinball table up on the corner. So, but very happy I am at least. So cool. yeah. All right, what we're playing and stuff. Mm-hmm. You want to start? Sure. All right. Uh, so I played the crap out of uh, Until Dawn. Sure. <laughs> First four chapters. Uh, Got a War 3 remastered. Uh-huh. And Rory McElroy PGA Tour. <laughs> EA Sports Rory McElroy PGA Tour. By the that's way. apparently the e- name. Yeah. No date. <laughs> so, gosh, their naming schema is just nuts. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he is not going to be in the British Open, it sounds like. So he hmm. messed up his ankle that bad. Interesting. Um, so I'll talk about all three of those after the break. Um, Indeed. I did play a little bit more Lego Jurassic World. Okay. Because uh, I really enjoy it. Um, I took... Now here's... Now I'm getting crazy. <laughs> um, last weekend, I took... Uh, I unplugged the Vita TV. Okay. Because I was like, all right, I know Mason is going to want to play Disney Infinity. <laughs> and I don't want to lay there on the bed and try to play it on the Vita. Okay. So they have a TV. I don't know where her dad got it. It's a big Vizio HD TV. I had to hook it up a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I knew it had an extra HDMI port. Okay. So I was like, well, I've got so many HDMI cables laying here and so many of the, essentially the plugs that go into the PS3, the PS4, the v, you know, all these things. So I have a thousand of these plugs laying around. <laughs> so I took the plug, I took the HDMI cable, I plugged everything into the back of the TV and laid them there so that I can get to them. I plugged it into the Vita TV and just set it there so that we could we could do it. Sure. Uh, so he says he wants to play it. And I'm like, well, we could do it on the big TV. He's like, yeah, let's do it on the big TV. So I brought it up and man, Disney infinity. Yeah. It has frame rate issues, but it's playable for mm-hmm. the most part on okay. the Vita, on the Vita TV. Man, it's rough. Really? <laughs> yes. It I wonder if it's really just is. because it's doing the upconvert or something. I it might be because it just gets it seems blocky, it seems messy, it seems very chugging along at times. See, it's, that's the weird thing about the PlayStation TV is that the uh, the native resolution of the Vita I think is 960p, I believe. But the PlayStation TV you can either run at 720p or 1080i. So, because no TVs really have a native resolution of 960p. Yeah. So it's got a it's got an up it's got a scaler inside of there, but I've never seen it uh, affect performance. It was it was bad, and maybe well I haven't played that section of the game on the Vita itself, so maybe that section just is that bad. But we we essentially played the um, Guardians of the Galaxy playset. Because uh, we were going to do Rocket Raccoon. So we were running around as Rocket Raccoon playing through a lot of that and having fun with it. Nice. Um, but see, it's it's amazing because it's like night and day because he saw Sonic on there. He's like, I want to play Sonic. And it's All-Stars Racing Transformed. Mm-hmm. So I told him it's a racing game. He's like, okay. And he, he wants to play – he wanted me to play as Amy 
and tails. Um, because, and Lou didn't even know this. She was, she's got Sonic dash on her phone. Okay. So he grabbed her phone and he was playing it, playing it, playing it. And he got enough stars or tickets or whatever. And he used them and he bought Amy with hmm. the tickets. And he's like, I like her cause she doesn't wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there's my boy. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that's his thing. And he even said it when we were playing, when we were playing Sonic All-Stars. I said, so who do you want to be? Do you want to be Sonic? Do you want to be Tails? We can be Wreck-It Ralph. We can be... He's like, I want to be Amy because she wears no pants. I'm like, all right, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the um, way, Wreck-It Ralph 2 has been confirmed. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. Um, but the crazy thing is that looks awesome and plays really well huh. uh, on Vita TV. So we played that for a while, you know, and we got to, we played through, I apparently didn't even have a memory card in there. Um, so I stuck a little eight gig memory card in there um, and was using that. And we played through the first couple uh, tracks and then it splits and you can do this track or this track. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, which one? He's like, go do this one. Then we do that. And he's like, go do that one. And then we were, you know, we got to the Sonic one where it's the casino level. Yeah. And he loved that. He was like, wow, look at everything that's spinning. And yeah, he was really enjoying that one. Nice. So we played that for a long time. He was having a lot of fun uh, with it. And that's all I really played. Um Last week, I forgot to mention, I finally sat down and read uh, because I finished whatever book I was reading. And I was like, oh, this has been sitting on my iPad for months now and I haven't touched it. Uh, The Martian. Which is actually they're making it into a movie with Matt Damon. (laughs) Matt Damon. And all those guys. Um, Yeah. He's cool, and actually, yeah. he'll be really good for that part. Um, so, which one's the Martian? I don't. I've, uh, I think I might have seen the whole movie thing, and that might be where I'm getting it from. I think it's Andy Weir. Okay, I, I might be wrong. Uh, I think that's who. Who wrote? Yeah, Andy Weir. Um, it's well, it's staggeringly good <laughs> because it's about an astronaut on a Mars mission the second Mars mission of four that are supposed to be going. Um, And two days into the mission, this massive sandstorm windstorm is about to hit. And while the base itself uh, should be able to withstand it, they're afraid the lander might tip. Sure. So it comes upon them quicker than they thought. Like NASA had warned them and they're like, okay, okay. And they're getting their shit together. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, it's on us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're trying to get to the lander. And as they're going, one of the antennas breaks free and pierces his spacesuit, and his vitals just drop and go dead. Right. Instantly because he loses all the air and everything. And he disappears in the wind store. He gets blown away. And they're like, fuck. And they're looking at his vitals. And <laughs> Does it actually nothing. say that in the book? Fuck. <laughs> Chapter kind of. four. Um, 
so they make the horrible choice to just go. They're like, he's, he's gone. There's nothing we can do. We can't find the body at this point. It's, you know, and the ship is about to tip over. Uh, so they get the last person in the ship and they take off and that's it. They're on their way back to earth. Uh, this, um, uh, person, she's looking at the photos that are coming back. Cause there's still all these orbiters going around, taking pictures of everything. And she's right. looking just to see the damage. Cause they're trying to assess, you know, for the next mission, can we still do this? Can we take some stuff that's there somehow and maybe use it to our advantage? And, and as she's looking at it, she realizes things have moved and things are different. And she's like, Holy shit, he's still alive. Yeah. And they have no way to contact him. They have mm. no way to talk to him because there's no antenna. Every all the communication equipment was on the lander, which yeah. is gone. He's like thirteen hundred kilometers from the nearest from the next landing site, site three. Mm. And they're like, he's gonna run out and it's not gonna be there for like another three years or something. Yeah. Like so he's gonna run out of food, he's gonna run out of he probably has enough oxygen because of the way this this whole thing works, but He's dead. What are we going to do? And we can't even communicate with him. He doesn't even know we're watching him. (laughs) Um, But it goes from there. And the coolest thing about the book and the movie, I hope the movie really captures all this. The guy that wrote it is basically he's a scientist. So everything he did is all possible. Okay. You know, it's all within the realm of reason and science. And, and he even wrote the book to the point where he can tell you exactly where he was on Mars. He wrote it like in, in real time in a way that, you know, this mission happened on this date in 2023 or whatever year it is. And I can tell you, you, you give me a date during the, during that year, during that time period, I can tell you exactly where he was on Mars and what he was doing at that time. Like he laid it out that specifically. Right. So Andy, Weir, the son of a particle physicist has a background in computer science. Yeah. He's actually a very brilliant guy. And the, the book mixes an amazing blend of real science, humor, drama, uh, and even a lot of pop culture. Yeah. Because one of the things he's, while he's stuck there, he's like, well, now I'm bored out of my mind. You know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get potatoes growing. Cause that's all I can do. All right. Uh, Cause I have to survive. <laughs> what? So he's Irish. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and, um, he's got the libraries of, you know, whatever everybody brought along. Hmm. The commander was way into shitty seventies TV. <laughs> So he's watching through the entire run of Three's Company, through the oh, entire man. run of Dukes of Hazard, through the entire run. He's like, man, and, and disco. He's like, I really have to talk to her about this disco thing. Nice. <laughs> it's it's hilarious because he's he's very snarky. He's very you know, it's it's really, really cool. And it's you know, every time something goes wrong, every time he, he seems to make progress and something goes wrong and it's just horrible. And how every time it happens, you're like, he's dead. How the fuck is he going to get out of this? You, you know, it, it's funny, too, because <laughs> the movie, number one, directed by Ridley Scott. Yeah. Cool. But then Jessica Chastain is in it. Yeah. So <laughs> we've 
these two people that were in Interstellar, and some of this sounds familiar, um, especially it's, with him. <laughs> no, well, no, this is not. This no, no, is no, not I, even remotely. But I, yeah, I know, I but know. It, it is funny the parallels that I'm seeing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kristen Wiig's in it. Kate Mara, Sebastian Stan. So there's the Winter Soldier. Michael mm-hmm. Pena, who's really good. Jeff Daniels, Sean Bean, Donald, Glo- Donald Glover, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a big thing. And and the cool thing, the story behind the whole thing was was even cooler is that I, I from what I understand, I might be getting some of the details wrong, but from what I understand, he tried to shop this around and nobody wanted it. Yeah. They're all like, he self-published the book. So he self-published it a chapter at a time and he was letting people download it for free. He's like, right. I don't want your money. And it became such a huge sensation that there was like a bidding war over it all of a sudden. And he made a lot of money off it. And of course, then now it's getting turned into a movie because it's a phenomenal book. It really is excellent. The writing is just excellent. And it just, I got to a point where I could not stop reading it. I I just, I couldn't put it down because I was like, how's he going to get out of this? What's going to happen? Oh my gosh. I just, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. It was so good. So I I meant to talk about it last week, completely forgot, but it's, it's awesome. If you guys haven't read it, you really should. Um, And it's only six bucks on Kindle. Yeah. Which, when he first released it, I think it said for the first month it was 99 cents. 99 cents, yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't want to ch- – he's like, this. I don't want to charge people for this. This is, you know, whatever. Interesting. <laughs> um, so that is something I think everybody should read. And hopefully the movie does it justice, um, really. And there's so much that, that goes into it. And it's, it's awesome. Um, the other thing, the last thing. Okay. I don't know if you saw my tweet from this morning. Um, I was pretty okay. busy today. Okay. This is amazing. You have to see this. Okay. Uh, all that's out right now is a trailer. Um, the title of this article is Holy Fucking Shit, Discovery <laughs> of Roar, the most dangerous movie ever made. You'll never see a movie like Roar, and there will never, ever be a movie like Roar again. Sorry, people can hear me clicking, by the way. So what this is, in the 70s, for 11 years... Oh, is this the guys that own own the tiger? Or the lion? uh, They don't own anything. That's part of it. (laughs) Um, Noel Marshall, who produced and director of Exorcist and other things. Uh, His wife, actress Tippi Hedren, Mm -hmm. from The Birds. From The Birds. And their children including Melanie Griffith lived, ate and slept in the company of 150 lions, tigers, cheetahs, and jaguars Oh yeah! for 11 years. These were not trained animals. They right. were wild animals. No animals were the, their, their new tagline. Now that these guys got hold of it and they're going to market it and put it out. No animals were harmed in the making of this movie. 70 members of the cast and crew were. Yeah. Melanie Griffith's face was mauled. She had to have reconstructive surgery on her face. One of the guys got scalped. One of the guys, the lion ripped at his throat and just missed his jugular by like half an inch. Why? It was absolute insanity. Why would these people do this? It was insanity. They they said they wanted to make like a Disney type movie where they're living among the animals. 
but they didn't know anything about these animals. They didn't. They didn't. You know, have you ever seen Grizzly Man? Yeah, yeah. And that moron. Like that. But this is even worse because they were they were literally living among these wild lions, tigers, and jaguars and cheetahs and everything. And he he'd wake up in the morning and he'd walk right into the middle of them and go. Hello, good morning, lions, and he'd dive into the middle of them. And of course they'd all attack him and start tearing him, ripping him apart. It's insanity. It's completely freaking mental. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen. I just don't understand how these people would even They deserve to die. I mean (laughs) it's just like the grizzly man guy. He deserved it. And that was the thing. They the amazing thing is they didn't die. Nobody died. Uh, but they were just barely alive. I mean, they just barely got through it. Um, it released, uh, forget it released only in Europe, I think initially and was out for maybe a, a, here it was, it received a one week international release. It was never in the U S received a one week international release in 1981, raked in less than $2 million and a plethora of bad reviews. And it cost $17 million to make. Yes. And it was just, and 11 years they did this. And the thing is they, they had a script, but of course the script fell apart because these are untrained animals and they're going to do whatever the hell they do. And from what I was reading, you could see that as it went on, like the people were getting more and more scared and they're trying to deliver these lines and they're terrified at the same time. It's just, it's wow. the craziest freaking thing ever made. It's unreal. And the most expensive home movie ever made. Yes. It's absolutely unreal. <clears throat> so, uh, draft house films, uh, got hold of the rights. Um, they had to split the rights, which they never, ever, ever do. Right. They always say, if we can't get 100% of the rights, we don't want it. But <laughs> when they saw this and they 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 negotiated like mad and they couldn't get it, and they're like, fuck it. We'll do 50-50. We have to have this movie. This <laughs> I, has I, to come out. <laughs> I, I love this line. Um, it's absurdly incongruent tone. Roar was conceived as a family-friendly film. But the res- I love this. But the result is a Disney adventure dressed up in a snuff costume. <laughs> it is. It's unreal. It's absolutely amazing, and it's something like whoever knew this about Melanie Griffith? That this I'd heard something her. about her being mauled, but I didn't know why. It's crazy. I that remember hearing about your, that. That you would put your kids in a situation like yeah. that. People like this just need to die. You, you have to see the trailer for it. It's it's. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's terrifying. Oh, it's just wow. unreal. So this is coming. I was telling it, our marketing guy, the guy that wrote movies um, at Aflac, um, who still is, he was telling me like two script ideas he had. And he was, he went through the whole story with me and I was like, Oh my gosh. That- <laughs> okay. So Adam Sandler goes to the beach. No, not like that. He, he does a lot of horror stuff and he, he oh, okay. laid this whole thing out and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's really, he's like, nobody's ever done that before. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Hmm. That's a really good idea. Type, 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 type. Yeah. I was like, that's so he's got two ideas that he's working on right now. But huh. I started to tell him about this and he's like, I have to see this movie. I'm like, I know. Jeez. Right. 
<laughs> like it's insane. That is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't understand how, number one, you would put your your children in harm's way like that. <sighs> yeah. And number two, somebody allowed it to happen. Like, how do you not just take the kids out of there? Because <sighs> this was done in Africa. Fucking Hollywood. They moved to Africa. Oh, and did this yeah. Whole thing. Okay. That's why. Well, anything happens in Africa. And here it is. It was totally normal to them in the same way that someone's got a couple of cats, said Shapiro. <sighs> God. And they're... It began as an effort to raise awareness about the conservation of big cats, and it evolved, or rather devolved, into a frenzied turf war that pit man against beast. These people don't realize that they're these cats' food. This is not the way to talk about conservation, because you're in their way. Well, and this is the best. Unlike, say, the set of Jaws, the crew was not in cages. They were holding cameras and boom mics, getting caught up in the action, and being attacked. Yeah, those people are idiots, too. Jan DeBont was one of them. He was the director of photography. Yeah. Jan- Jesus. What is wrong with people? He's he's who got scalped, and he had 220 stitches. <laughs> wow. It's fucking crazy. <sighs> it's completely crazy. Some people just... Uh, God. They just deserve what's coming to them. They really do. I mean, you, you, you screw with fate like that, something's going to happen. Well, but they all... And, and 70 things happened. They all got out alive, well. which is unreal. I mean, it, it's it's amazing that nobody was killed, considering everything that happened. Well, they said one of the guys uh, got bitten in the neck, and, and the bite was a, an inch away from his jugular. He would have died yeah. instantly. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, I was mentioning earlier. God. So the thing, this, this whole thing came out because uh, one of the sons was trying to sell it online. Right, right. And Draft House found it, and they were like, oh my gosh, we need this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because it's unreal. It's really freaking crazy. I don't, even, I don't know if I want to see it. I'll watch the trailer. <laughs> well, I mean, it's stuff like that. You're just like, why? It's I, terrifying. Yeah. It's, I mean, I watched Faces of Death like every other kid in high school back in the day, but... Which felt very fake. It did. Which... It mostly was. Yeah. <laughs> but but this, it's amazing. Just, you have to watch the trailer because it's it's crazy. It's, I mean, and it's it's great because it's such a 70s trailer. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> Did it have go-go dancers at one point? No, it's just, you know, they show the scenes and you've got that voiceover guy, roar. And then they show blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, no. Blah. Roar! Oh. Blah 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 blah. Because that's the name of the movie. Yeah, watch it. Just cut this out, but watch it and come back. I want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could pipe it through. Yeah. I'm oh it yeah, this is already seventies. Ah, I'll watch it when we're on the break. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> oh man. All right. That's insane. All right. So that's you done? what I had to get out. Yes. Okay. So. Uh. So, Try to live up to that. <laughs> uh, well, there, I have one interesting thing. So okay. uh, the, one talk about movies. No, 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 about movies. But uh, played some more God of War three remastered, like like we were talking about. Uh, played some Destiny. So Dave is doing this interesting thing. Uh, even though he doesn't want to be associated with Destiny, he's helping everybody go through Destiny. <laughs> Why does he not want to be associated with it? I don't know. He gets all mad when we call him Destiny Dave and everything. Seriously? Yeah. But uh, so what he's doing is he's, he's going to do a weekly thing. 
where if you haven't really gotten too far in Destiny, if you want to get up to level 32, that sort of thing, and you haven't really had anybody to help you, Dave is going to help you out. So we have some signups in the forums. He's going to do a weekly sign-up, and then he, I think he's going to upload the replays back into those threads <clears throat> so you can kind of see what people did. So... The other night, uh, I was on the party. They like I was on the party, and they were doing it. And they somebody dropped out. And they needed somebody, so I said, "Yeah, I can help you." It was like the end of the Crota raid. It wasn't even the whole raid. It was just the very end. Is this a scheduled night, or can it be any night? I think or what? it's going to be every Tuesday. Uh, but check mm. the forums. I don't know if it's because you know he he works retail, so oh fuck, I he forgot. can't do it like every time at the same time. Yeah. Um, I but he's going to put the forums thread up like right away so that people can sign up for it and, you know, ask for help. Uh, I am Wednesday mm-hmm. in the late afternoon, early evening. I am going to the Sony holiday showcase event in New no York. Shit. Yes. I but you never get to do that. anything. Well, I got an email a couple wow. of weeks ago. I completely forgot about it. Um, very cool. But yeah, I I have to see. Pre- but it's everything. It's like preview holiday products from PlayStation, Sony Electronics, and Sony Mobile. Yeah, that's why we always had. That was like the whole thing where they said, "Well, we don't know if we can invite you because it's yeah. consumer electronics and everything." But this time they did. Yay! Awesome. So, yeah, very cool. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's going to cover a bunch of stuff. I th- I'm assuming some stuff I've seen at E3 already, but hopefully there will be some new cool stuff too. I think it'll um, probably be a lot of the stuff from E3, but you'll have more hands-on, maybe something like that. I don't yeah, know. but yeah, I mean, there's also Sony Electronics and Sony Mobile, so I'll have a lot to report on. It's going to yeah. be fun. Maybe they'll let you take a TV home. Yeah. <laughs> take that on the train. Here you go. <laughs> Here's a 72-inch uh, 4K TV. OLED, 4K TV. 3D. Yeah. OMG, BBQ. 3D. Nobody does 3D anymore. That's a fad, sir. They all have 3D built in. Yeah. Which I love. I I was looking at that because we were walking through Costco and I just glanced at the TV. She's like, when you start making good money. I was like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I said, that's fine. She's like, yeah, I want a bigger TV. And when you start making them good money, then we'll look at it. And I just nice. I just took a look to see what was there. Yeah. Uh and pretty much everything had three D just built in as kind of an afterthought. They're like, Well, it's cheap and let's <laughs> just throw it in. It's there. You know, yeah. it's just one more thing on the box now. So huh. that's very cool. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, all right. All right. So oh uh so if you're interested in getting some help with Destiny, uh go over to the forums at PSNation.com. Uh, I think it's in the gaming discussion area, and there's there's actually uh, – oh, no, I, uh, I think it's Gaming Nights it's in. And he's going to do a new thread for each week. You can get in there and sign up if you want to go through some of this stuff, if you want to go through a raid for the first time uh, and get that trophy, yo, because uh, there is one if you go through a raid, uh, all kinds of stuff. So And then he's going to stream it and, and all kinds of neat things. So I got in and helped him with a little bit of it. <clears throat> but that's pretty much all the Destiny I played. Uh, also played a little bit more of the Skull Girls Second Encore, just trying to get better with that. It, it's a fun game. It's it's uh, something that everybody should really give a chance to if you're into fighting games. Uh, I, I definitely like this a lot more than the uh, PS3 version. They've tweaked quite a bit of it. Uh, and then I grabbed Geometry Wars 3 for the Vita. Holy crap, is that a good conversion. Uh, runs at 60 frames, controls great with the sticks on the Vita. 
uh, I'm I'm pretty damn impressed. That's one of your freebies with PlayStation Plus this month, and I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with it. And it's it's one of those games that's really fun to have on a portable, you know, because you can just get down and play a couple of levels, and then you know you have to, if they have to run in twenty minutes or whatever. Uh, so it's you know nice and quick, get through a couple of levels in a few minutes, and and just keep moving on. So. Really cool. Also, uh, the Ant-Man table for Zen Pinball 2, which comes up by the time this podcast is uh, released. It comes out this Tuesday. Uh, really having a great time with it, just trying to get a, like a higher score set. It is one of the better tables that's uh, like one of the small tables, so it doesn't have a lot of play fields. It doesn't really go vertically very much. It's just a single table. Uh, very fast. I did do some streaming of it the other night. I'll probably play a little bit more tonight after I get everything edited, if I'm not it, going until 2 in the morning. But it's 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 a good table, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Very good production value. And then last but not least, because <clears throat> I've been spending a lot of time on it, Rocket League. Holy crap. Uh, I remember some discussions I had with certain people because I said that Rocket League is was my favorite game of e at E3. And people were telling me, like, what about Uncharted 4? What a-? But the thing is, Rocket League is so much damn fun. Mm. And I'm having a blast with it. I, I played with the developers the other night. also played with some of the – like. There's been a community with supersonic acrobatic rocket power battle cars that have always been playing that game. And now they've moved over to Rocket League and we you know with the better controls and everything else and the better physics. I saw some shit that is just blowing my mind and I'm trying to now work on that a little bit. Uh I was watching some matches and I was in some matches where people because you've always been able to like jump and then hit the rockets if you have full rockets and pretty much fly. Like, you can go up to the ceiling and everything else. I was in some matches with uh, some of the psionics guys and some of the, the like, the real pros that I would say 80% of the match was up on the on the roof, basically. Like, it was just <laughs> insane. All this, like, they just got that down so much, like, flying up and hitting the ball and hitting it down enough. And I my mouth was just agape the whole time. Uh, so I've been trying that a little bit more, trying to work on the ball cam because everybody says the ball cam is the way to play it, and I'm terrible with the ball cam, so I'm trying to do that. But uh, having a blast with it. Like, we get together in a party, and we play it for two, three, four hours at a time, just nonstop. And usually the reason we quit is because I have to get to bed for work, that sort of thing. So it's still just awesome. They're getting through a lot of the server problems they've been having. It sounds like one of the big problems was because they have that cross-platform play with PS4 and PC. That that was screwing some some things up. So when I'm I go into the matchmaking now, you can actually deselect uh, the cross platform thing and only try to get matches with people on PS4, and that seems to be working right now. Uh, but they're getting a lot better performance. They've been continually working on the servers. They've been adding a lot of servers. And uh, last night it was really good. It, it was very close to what you would expect from a full um, like production game. So it's good that they're figuring this stuff out so quick. Uh, I've, I've really never had a problem getting a match though. I've, I've gotten on within a couple of minutes, no matter what. So you just have to persevere a little bit. And, um, once you're in, it's been great. Yeah. Oh man, that game is so good. Uh, and then watched a couple things. So because we talked about it so much, I was going through HBO go and boom, there was back to school. (laughs) (laughs) So I watched that. So I I think I know something that you don't know that I noticed this. I've seen this movie probably 20, 30 times. I never noticed it until now. Yeah. So when he's at the party at the beginning, when he's next to the pool and he go gets the, goes and gets the sandwich and then his wife comes over with the people that she wants to – when Adrian Barbeau walks over and introduces these two people and he spits the sandwich in his mouth to shake the hand. Mm-hmm. So the waiter that comes over to pour the wine for him, he's like, no, no, I got my own. And he pulls out the Miller Lite. Yep. That waiter is Kevin Spacey. Is he? 
Yes. I looked it up afterwards because I'm like, wait, is that is that Kevin Spacey? That's funny. I couldn't believe it. Kevin Spacey's in the freaking back to school. Uh, and it was weird because I watched that and then I started listening. I have a couple of my, uh, Rodney Dangerfield albums and I was listening to those while I was working and got into a real Rodney Dangerfield zone on Sunday. So I uh, actually watched um, <clears throat> Meet Wally Sparks as well, which isn't the best one of his, but it's still funny. He, he's he's Rodney. So it was, it was fun to watch that. And then um, also on HBO Go because I was just on this tear on Saturday, uh, I watched a movie I haven't seen before. I didn't expect much from it, but I still watched it. A movie called Ride Along with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart, where Kevin Hart mm-hmm. wants to get Ice Cube's approval because he's going to marry his sister and everything, and, and Ice Cube's like this real hard cop. Better mm-hmm. than I expected. And actually, there's a great, not really cameo, but this guy that appears later in the movie, you're like, holy shit. Uh, there was some good stuff in it, though. I mean, a lot of it you can kind of tell was improv a little bit, but it's fun. It's It's worth a watch. I wouldn't buy it on Blu-ray or nothing, but it's worth a watch. <clears throat> and then uh, I got kind of interested because Showtime is up on PlayStation View, but it's also available yeah. on Hulu or on Hulu Plus. So Wait, screw around. Showtime, Showtime, the channel show. Remember when we were at E3, they announced three channels would be available a la carte. Yeah, but you're saying the channel is available yeah. on Hulu Plus? Yeah, they just added it to Hulu Plus, but you have to pay okay. extra for it. All right. Okay, so I get into PlayStation View. I'm like, I wonder if I can, if <clears throat> since it's a la carte, I wonder if I can actually use it because Showtime isn't tied to any zip code. Mm-hmm. So I got in. It was selectable. I pulled it up, and then it asked for some profile information. So it asked, like, my age group and uh, if I was male or female, and then I said, I don't know, and then it asked for a zip code. But the funny thing was the zip code was already filled in. But I changed it to my zip code. When I hit next, it said, well, this isn't available in your area. I'm like, what? So I pulled back, and then I went through it again, and I left the area code or the zip code. Did I say area code before zip code? I mean, I left the zip code that was already pre-entered in there, and it worked. So you get a seven-day trial with the Showtime thing on view. And it's, it's like... Um, it's like you're watching on cable. You have three different Showtime channels. You have East, West, and I don't remember what the other one is. So you're just watching the live programming, but then there's, um, you know, you can go in and choose any of the shows you want to watch too. And they're available right away and, and all that. So the problem was I went through their movie selection, and this month's movie selection sucks. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really easy in view to cancel stuff. I went in and canceled it right away because I didn't want to get charged in seven days. Uh, because then I started thinking about it. Uh, and I haven't looked at it on Hulu yet, but it seems to me that I would rather have it on Hulu personally because I wouldn't be tied to just a PlayStation to watch it. I could watch it on my phone. I could watch it on my tablet. I could watch it on my Chromecast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it on Hulu, but I'm going to wait until next month to see where uh, the movie selections pop up. Uh, luckily, I'm staying with Rock, and he's got Showtime, so I can watch um, I can watch Ray Donovan. Over here, I don't have to get uh, I don't have to get Showtime on Hulu Plus to watch Ray Donovan. So, because that show just started last night again, and I love that show to death. So, uh, it, but it was interesting that View actually worked even here up in BFE, Wisconsin. You know, so if you're thinking about it, just leave that zip code in there when you're ordering it, and you do get a seven day free trial. It's very easy to do. You do it, it's really interesting, like. You'll pull everything up and it'll say, here's your packages available. And Showtime's the only thing that was available for me. 
but I selected it, went through the process, and boom. It, I mean, it was up and running like in a snap. So just download the view uh, viewer and go through the process if you're, if you're interested. Because Showtime does have some cool shows. Hmm. Yeah. That was, I was pretty impressed by that. And then I figured we might want to talk a little bit about a couple things that came out of Comic-Con. Did you get okay. to see any of the trailers? Um, I typically don't watch trailers. Okay. I try not to. It depends on what the movie is. Uh, I saw... I did watch the Batman Superman one. Yeah. I liked it. A lot more action. Yeah. Um, I think Ben Affleck looked good. It was cool seeing him basically mixed into uh, the last Superman movie. Well, yeah. Essentially, that's that's what was going on. That helped turn him. You could see it. I I liked I, it. Again, you got to remember, I'm a big fan of the source material, so that's all I know. contrived. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's a movie. You know, it's, I'm, I'm sure they're going to do stuff in The Martian, the movie for The Martian that I'm not going to like because it didn't follow the book, but it's its own separate thing now, so... Um, yeah, uh, I watched the entire panel for Star Wars, which was okay. just kind of a big meh. Well, they, it <laughs> they was funny really because they didn't do anything. <laughs> the way they were acting, they weren't going to do anything at all. Like, they weren't going to show a new trailer. They announced they weren't going to show a new trailer, so I just didn't really think about it. But they did show a new reel. It was, like, kind of showing the fact that they're using a lot of physical sets. Yeah. Which, and I'll be honest, yeah. I teared up. Like... To see how much love Abrams and the crew have for making right by this series, it hit me. It really did. I watched it like three times. I just, I, you know, all of a sudden you see Harrison Ford sitting in the in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and you see these set builders are like, "I get to come to work and build the Millennium Falcon. How cool is this?" You know, yeah. it did. It really hit me the way that they put that together, and, and it really didn't show anything new. I mean, I'm fine with that. I don't. Honestly, I don't want to see anything more for Star Wars until it comes out. Well, I just I don't want to see any more. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, that's why I don't watch trailers and things. What what surprised me though was just kind of, um, the the panel itself really did and said nothing. Yeah, that doesn't surprise when you me when you got through the whole thing, I was like, well, that was kind of a waste of an hour. <laughs> it, it was funny though when uh, what's her name came out the the tall blonde and she's she's sitting there and. Chris Hardwick was like, you do know you're on Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which it dawned on me that they had, a, I believe they had a panel too. So she was probably at both of those panels. Could you imagine that? Oh my God. Hi, I'm on the Game of Thrones panel and oh yeah, I'm on the Star Wars panel as yeah. well. Oh wow. Um, <clears throat> the, I mean, the, I, don't, I, I, didn't, I haven't watched any of the panels, by the way. I'd never, I don't think I've ever watched a panel. Besides the one that I sat in at MYCC a couple of years ago. Well, I just, it was up and I was like, oh, wow. And I started to watch it. I'm like, this an hour? Oh, fuck. And I ended up <laughs> watching the whole thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, it was kind of a waste. Um, the the weird thing about it was it was in Hall H, which is the biggest hall and all that. Right. And Kevin Smith was going on directly after it. Yeah. He's like with yoga hosers. He's like, oh, I'm going to get killed out there. He's like, nobody's going to want to see this. And well, they said it was only like a third full or something? 
Well, you know like why? It's cleared out. Uh, it cleared out because at the end of the panel, they said, uh, oh, and the now concert. we're going to do something special. Yeah. Everybody's coming to a concert. Let's all go. And <sighs> they emptied out the freaking hall. And Kevin Smith is standing on the wings like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Everybody just left. <laughs> what the uh, fuck? <clears throat> so, but they said that the people that went to it loved it. They said it was only about a third full, but it was really cool because Kevin Smith still went forward with it, which is really well, awesome. Yeah, he had to at that point. Well, yeah, but... I would have just been devastated. Well, I mean, he expected it to be bad just because he expected people to be like, yeah, Star Wars. Wait, what's this yoga hose? Fuck you. You Uh. But what bums me out is he didn't put that trailer up online. Like trailers were up for everything everywhere and yoga hosers was not. That's the thing, though. And and that's one of my complaints and a lot of people complaining about what happens at SDCC. And that is, you know, especially D.C., they only show these trailers at San Diego Comic-Con. Well, guess what? A lot of people can't go to it because, number one, it's already sold out. Number two, it's in San Diego and nobody can make it there. You know, there's a lot of reasons that people don't make it there. Put the fuckers online. No, Instead, we got to watch online. them with people, like, filming it with their freaking cell phone. No, no, no. The Batman and all those, all those were, like, no. the full actual trailers. Yeah, I saw well, the they are now, actual trailers. But I'm saying that, well, Suicide Squad just came out today, finally, on YouTube. Um... There was one that was only on one website. Batman and Superman finally came. But the ones I, I saw for Deadpool, Batman versus Superman, and Suicide Squad were all cell phone. Well, the Batman Superman one I saw on Sunday morning when I was watching the Star Wars thing right. was the real legit one. It, right. The, I just – I went on – you. I, I got the link to the Star Wars thing and I'm like, fuck. And I watched it. And then I was like, oh, well, I wonder what else is up there. And I went to YouTube and just said, you know, San Diego Comic-Con, and there was all the official stuff right there. Um, and then it hit me. I'm like, oh, yeah, what happened to Yoga Hosers? Nothing. Yeah, I went to out. Kevin Smith's website, nothing. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I'll have to tweet him or something about that because I'd like to see it. I would yeah. really like to see it. It would be not because it's not – I mean, his – the last thing I heard him describe of it, it's like Bill and Ted with two girls. Right. It's complete – 180 from from tusk right he's like it's it's gonna really throw people off that are expecting something in that vein and they're like wait no what the fuck is this you know <laughs> so i mean when he when he described it like that i was like that i think i kind of want to see that no it sounds good I, i've heard some other stuff on it and i really want to see it <clears throat> um so the deadpool trailer hit i don't think it uh, I don't think it's actually hit hit though. I, I, that's one that I saw with the cell phone thing. But oh no, it did. It finally came out this morning. I think uh, Ryan Reynolds playing the character again, but obviously he can talk this time. Uh, takes a big shot at Green Lantern hmm. when they're trying to fix him, quote unquote. Uh, he's like, "Please don't make this the costume green or animated." <laughs> uh, it looks cool. I mean, it, I don't. Again, I don't really know a lot about the character because I only ever read Batman, but. I know enough about it that you know he's always a smart ass and everything else, and it looks good. It looks like it's a labor of love, and and uh, it looks like you know Ryan Reynolds is obviously a fan of the, the character, and it's coming through. So it it looks good. I, I definitely want to see that. Uh, Suicide Squad. I don't know the characters that well. I the the biggest thing I know of Suicide Squad, honestly, is what they've done in Arrow so far. Uh, and I watched it three times now, and some things look cool, but. Jared Leto's Joker, I cannot accept. I just can't do it. I I look at it every time, and I'm just like, Ugh, come on. <laughs> but 
But I don't know if they did that in the comics. Like, if it was an offshoot and they did something weird with it, I don't know. But I just don't do not like what they did with the Joker in that. Uh, so was, I'm not sure if I'll even see the Suicide Squad. Was it a Comic Con they announced they're doing uh, the Killing Joke? No. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I swear I, I read that somewhere. I look it up. I, <clears throat> I didn't hear anything that about that. That will be a tough movie to do. If they do it animated, maybe, but a real life movie? Ooh, animated. That's tough. Oh, it's animated? Oh, that'll be awesome. Batman the Killing Joke animated movie announced San Diego Comic Con 2015. Ooh, that will be really good. It can be. Uh, the thing is, you know, I keep telling people that are asking about Batman versus Superman. I'm like, listen, one of the biggest influences of the movie is The Dark Knight Returns which they did a two-part animated movie for that's phenomenal. It really is. It's fantastic. If you can't find the book, you can stream those movies on Amazon. You can, I think you can get them on PSN, video, everything. I have the Blu-rays. Watch those, and you'll see. I think you might see why I'm getting a little disgusted with Batman versus Superman, though. It, it's, there's just too many things in that, in that trailer, even. So the thing is, and like I said, I, in Kevin Smith's words, I rolled a tear when I saw the new Star Wars reel. And it wasn't even a trailer. It was just... It got emotional to me because, like like Josh, you know, Star Wars has been around since I was like six years old. It's something that I've grown up with. It's something that I've always had a passion for. Batman's the other thing that I have a lot of passion for. And there are things I've hated in the past. Batman and Robin. <laughs> uh, Batman Returns wasn't the greatest thing in the world, what they, what they did with the Penguin especially. Uh, I watched Batman vs. Superman. I'm still trying to give it, an, give it a shot because I really like Zack Snyder. And I really enjoyed Man of Steel. And everybody, whenever I say that I'm not thrilled with this movie, they're like, well, I really like Man of Steel. It has nothing to do with it. I enjoyed Man of Steel. I'm not even a Superman fan. I'm not. So I watched this trailer. Number one, I like Jesse Eisenberg, but I cannot accept him as Lex Luthor. In every iteration of Lex Luthor that I've ever seen, Eisenberg does not fit. I'm sorry. Uh, even his lines were just snarky, and it just didn't fit the character, in my opinion. Uh, and it's not even Affleck with this. It just, I felt nothing when I watched this trailer. I see all these people on Facebook, going, oh, any of the haters before can't be hating now and blah, blah, blah. I just, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. They're using Frank Miller's visuals for, for the basis. And it looks like there's some good, good, uh, action. And I'm sure the fight between Superman and Batman at the end is going to be epic and it's going to be awesome and blah, blah, blah. But that's not why I read Batman comics and that's not why I'm such a fan of Batman. And, and it just, even him getting so angry about things and going after Superman, that's not why Batman tries to take Superman out in, in the books. It's it, the motivations of the character, everything about it just doesn't fit. doesn't fit the character. So I, I just, I, I can't, I, I'm, I felt, I've watched it three times now. I can't, I feel nothing when I watch that trailer. I feel no emotion at all. I don't get those goosebumps that I got when I saw, you know, uh, Heath Ledger come up as the Joker and 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 how well he portrayed that character. I don't get any of that. So I don't know. <laughs> I just saw a picture on Twitter, which kills me. There's the top. It's uh, uh, Superman's mom mm-hmm. um, and above and Superman at the bottom and up above it says you don't know this world a thing Clark which is from the trailer that's from the trailer and then he says I mean 
I did bring an alien war to Earth, causing the deaths of thousands and leveling <laughs> half a city. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, they seem to be taking from the Dark Knight Returns what they want to take to try to make this work. And, and one of the things that I see visually in the trailer is. Um, there's that shot of the crowd around Superman and you see some people with face paint. Well, if that's what I think it is, it's total bullshit because basically, I don't want to give anything away in in Dark Knight Returns, but there's this whole, well, I'm not going to say what it, what it totally is. No, I'm not. (laughs) Yes, you are. I'm not going to say why it happens or anything, but there, there are these, what, with the face paint, you, I can't even say that. I'm not going to say why they're doing it. Go ahead. Okay. So there's the, the these gangs that, that pop up, and they kind of start policing the city of Gotham. And it's all about this face paint. The way it looks, because they're reaching out to Superman, is that these people are going to be, instead of kind of trying to help out Batman, they're trying to help out Superman. And it just it, ugh, it drives me insane. So I don't know. I might be wrong. I don't think I am. I kind of expect a little bit more from Zack Snyder because he's been faithful to other things, but I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of his, and and uh, not everything he's done, but I'm a fan. And I'm just not I'm not buying it right now. So, but I think a lot of people are going to be. I think a lot of people are going to be sympathetic to the movie simply because of the action that's going to happen, and the, they don't care. They don't care about you know, canon and they don't care about the characters and the motivations of the characters and the things that I care about because I've been reading those comics since I could read. And that's, what's going to disgust me. I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. And the problem is if they're going to do this with Batman, a lot of the movies that are going to come out, the justice league stuff and everything else, if that's how Batman is going to turn out, I'm not going to be interested in any of that shit. So hopefully DC knows about some of this stuff, but I'm, I don't think they do. I hope I'm wrong though. But anyway, last thing I wanted to talk about, which you probably haven't seen is I believe it stars is doing a new 10 episode show. Ash versus evil dead. <laughs> Bruce Campbell in this day and age, 30 years after the first movie, uh, the deadites start popping up again and coming after him. <laughs> and it looks awesome. I mean, I'm a big fan of Evil Dead and Army of Darkness is one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm a huge Bruce Campbell fan. I think it's going to be awesome. My only fear is how are they going to be able to hold this up over 10 shows <laughs> or 10 episodes? Uh, so that's my only fear, but the, the trailer looked awesome. I, I'm excited as hell for it. And then there was another thing that I thought you'd be interested in. There's some other Walking Dead thing coming out, right? Like a spinoff? Uh, I didn't watch anything on it. I just saw somebody mention it. I had heard they were talking about doing something like that. I no, they showed know. a trailer for it. Oh, so I guess they're doing it. Yeah. I thought it was like <clears throat> another group somewhere else, like maybe on the West Coast or something. At least I, that's what I had initially heard. Yeah, I have no idea. <clears throat> but I don't know. I I tend to keep my head down on things like that because even when they talk about these things, they spoil too much. Yeah. So I usually like to go in general. I don't watch trailers and I like to just go show up at something and be surprised about everything. Mm. <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, the movie <clears throat> nerd in me, I loved, I, H, uh, HD net Mark Cuban's, uh, network. 
they actually have a show called Nothing yeah. But Trailers. Yeah. And for ha- I will sit there every time. I will record that. Even though they're available on IMDb and all this other stuff, it's so cool to see it in full HD because they have a great bit rate on HDNet. And I will sit there and watch movie trailers for half an hour, and I love every minute of it. And actually, I've I've discovered a lot of movies that I ended up really liking because of that because I they're smaller movies that you know the trailers really don't get out there and propagate very much. So yeah, well, it, that's the thing. Like if I'm watching like a small indie film, yeah, I'll watch all the trailers that come on the disc before that. Because that's where I'm going to find those. But for like bigger movies, I don't want to know. Because the bigger movies, I've talked about this. There was that stupid robot fighting thing where they literally showed you. It was like a seven minute trailer. It wasn't that long, but it was a ridiculously long trailer. (laughs) And they literally showed you the entire story. And I got to the end of it and I'm like, yeah, with Hugh Jackman and. Oh, um. Whatever it was. Oh, yeah. But where we, he's the boxer, but the robots are the boxers yeah, now. And- we saw that trailer before uh, Cowboys vs. Aliens. And it, they literally, the trailer ended. And I looked at Lou. I was like, well, we just saw the whole movie. Because like <laughs> 15 seconds into it, I'm like, well, this could be an interesting premise. And if I had just seen uh, that much, I might have gone to see the movie. But I've never watched it because I'm like, I saw it. I saw and then the it ended up notes. just being every other boxing movie just with robots. I saw the Cliff Notes version. Why? Yeah. Why bother? Yeah. Um, Luckily, but, that doesn't happen all the time. I mean, there's still it happens a lot. There's still a lot of good stuff out there. Um, but one thing, because I just came across it on my Twitter timeline uh, that we didn't talk about, <laughs> Lego Dimensions. They showed the whole Doctor Who stuff, yeah, in, including the fact that when you die as Doctor Who, you regenerate. Back to William Hartnell, the first doctor, and oh, each shit. time, and and the TARDIS interior changes to the doctor's TARDIS oh, wow. interior. It's freaking crazy. Wow, and, that is really cool. And you regenerate all the way through all of them, all the way back up. So you play as every single doctor if huh. you want. And well, I saw the Capaldi's doing voices. He's for the it. only one doing voices, unfortunately. Yeah. But I thought I saw a couple of the other ones were too. No. He's, oh, okay. they've said that he's going to be the only one that's voiced, but they'll all be in there and they'll all have their own TARDIS interior that oh, it's wow. the way it should be. <laughs> just, it's freaking crazy. They're going all out on this game. It's going to be amazing. It was impressive. <laughs> it was very impressive what we saw. But at the end of the day, for uh, me, it was still that same Lego gameplay and I'm getting a little tired of it. it it's just, I'm it's not. just, it's getting played out for me personally. Uh it's oh man. <laughs> and also talking about that, uh, Stephen Amell actually walked out on stage in his new costume for season four of Arrow, and it's officially the Green Arrow. Nice. So that was when at the end of season three, uh, everybody was wondering what the hell was going to happen, and sure enough, uh, a few of us called it that way, and I didn't call it exactly, but that's very exciting. So it's going to be interesting because they were talking about. How there's no secrets anymore because everybody knows everybody now in the main cast. So and and they're doing that new uh, that new spinoff too. I can't remember what they're calling it, but that should be interesting too. I, I'm I'm curious to see how they're gonna have like the worlds kind of meld together and because the Flash is doing so freaking well right now and and they announced a couple things for the Flash which. Uh, I'm trying to stay away from that stuff from Comic-Con. I, I found the Stephen Amell thing because he posted it on his Facebook. I'm like, damn it! Mm-hmm. 
So, but no, there's uh, I mean, there was some cool stuff. But it, it's funny. Like I was seeing pictures of Comic Con from San Diego. I'm so glad I don't go to that. And and people were tweeting this year, like, holy crap, this is just a convention for people that love lines. There were people lining up the night before for Hall H for something that was happening at five o'clock the next day. So you're spending at least a thousand bucks to go out to San Diego, get a hotel, fly, whatever, stand out in the in the sun to see something like literally to stand in a line for twenty some hours. That just seems like lunacy to me. Mm. Yeah, it, I I just don't get I I. I I would rather sit at home and watch it online in a week. I don't need to be there for Stephen Amell to walk out in a new costume. I can watch it on YouTube. I mean, I get the camaraderie and I get the whole thing about hanging out with like-minded individuals. But at that at that same time, there's so many people there. I just, ugh, it just, it makes no sense to me. Well, and the crazy thing is <clears throat> New York has a bigger attendance and doesn't have nearly the problems that they do but that san diego does because well the venue's a lot bigger it's because of the venue yeah yeah but they still had that huge queue room where we were in the wrong line yeah but that's uh, okay. but i told you they fixed all that this this year where yeah. this past yeah. year where you go and you get your band and you leave unless you're in the walking deadline <laughs> you get your band and you lay down and you do not move for nine Which I hours care less about yeah i i mean the thing about New York City Comic Con for me, though, is I just don't read comics anymore. So there's a certain mindset for me that I went there and it was cool to see some of the stuff. But after the first day, well, after the first day, I was up in the media room all day uploading that up in Justice video. But when I finally went out and started walking the floor and everything, I got bored really quick. Like I just got to this point where I'm like, eh, all right, I've seen it. Yeah. It's what do I do now? Four and a half hours for um, the message from pluto to get here oh is it okay yeah i thought i read somewhere else that was longer mm. yeah four and a half maybe hours. i maybe it was hours and i read it as days or something I yeah know. i was i was reading i i'm looking at all the numbers um because of where it is how fast it's going how yeah. long it's gonna take to get so all those numbers were jumbled up in my head yeah um, that's my problem too right now but i just looked four and a half hours and wow. tomorrow morning yeah. Tomorrow morning it's going to be super close. It's going to be, be really cool. I'm excited. First close up pictures. Um, yeah. I love all the all the alarmists because that last uh, SpaceX launch it blew up. We're like Russia's going to beat us. Really? We're still competing with Russia for the space race from the 80s and the 70s. Get over it. I'm trying to make news out of nothing. It's just I don't care if Russia beats I don't care yeah, who, who beats can, what. It's we humanity. We have the International Space Station that we both Humanity is going with. into space. That's what's exactly. awesome. Exactly. <laughs> you Star Trek nerd. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Someday we won't need currency. I'm a human. That's, I know. That's what I am. I, I know. I'm excited for it too. I don't I'm give a shit, shit about you know where people are from or what they are or who they are or any of that i'm i'm a human we're all humans who why do you give a shit about any of that it's well homer simpson's not human he's an eating machine hey. hmm. yeah yeah so i mean there were there, there were some interesting thing, things that came out of comic con i mean i don't know i still every now and then think about maybe coming to new york city one again but it's just so close to uh, extra life all the time that I just don't want to make that trip twice. <laughs> I mean, obviously extra life's different because I'm driving, but it just, I don't know. It just seems kind of crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I just don't know if I get enough out of it. That's why I'm not going to go to QuakeCon this year. I'm saving everything for PAX. Well, I don't think so. Emra is coming. I think it's just uh, me and Keith. Oh, wow. Okay. I think. I- but, I mean, really, is there – the only really big thing that we usually have to cover there is when we have the the uh, sessions, when you had the session for, like, the Venture Brothers and I had the one for Robot Chicken, that sort of thing. Yeah. There's not enough. There's not really <clears throat> anything on the floor to cover because there are barely any games there. Well, there's usually – like, I <sighs> – it depends. It depends on what's there. I mean, yeah. there's like last year, I, I think it was last year, I was there essentially alone. Keith might have shown up for a day and I just, I couldn't cover everything. And then yeah. I just didn't have time for all of it. And it was, yeah, it was, I I don't know. And now we're going to have three at PAX because <laughs> <laughs> MJC's going and Honaker's. Well, Honaker lives there. Yeah. But Honaker's going and MJC's going and I'm going. So, uh, and apparently I'm seeing Just Cause 3 at PAX. No. I think I might be able to play it at PAX. All right. Yeah. So we'll find out about that. But um, <clears throat> anyway, just babbling now. Yeah. Let's move on because yeah. it's already two hours and we haven't even. Got well, but we got you. Have you seen all the shit we got for last week? I don't. Know. Who cares? Everybody's like, uh, I think you screwed up on the upload. It <laughs> seems like the the file's incomplete at two hours and eighteen minutes. <sighs> yeah. People. I know. I know. They don't realize they have to edit this shit. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's take our break because I need a new beverage. And, and need uh, to watch we need that to, trailer. And I got to watch that trailer. <laughs> uh, so when we come back, we'll talk about EA Sports, Rory McIlroy, PGA Tour, uh, God of War 3 Remastered, Until Dawn. Talk a little bit about Extra Life, a couple of emails. I know we have at least two or three that we should talk about. And we'll get the frig out of here. So we'll be right back. This first one I'm really interested in uh, because I've been hearing some things because the stupid game is uh, already out on Xbox One for EA Access. You get 10 hours with it. Uh, So EA Sports, Rory McIlroy, PGA Tour, (laughs) uh, which Josh has been fortunate enough to have early. Yeah, which means a lot of people have been talking about it on Twitter, and I'm like, that's great. I wish I could talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Well, actually, you see, that's the thing. I can't. (laughs) <laughs> sure you can because uh, I don't have isn't it. EA Sports Access open for anybody that has Xbox Live Gold now? So you could have gone and downloaded it? it on there. and it, Yeah, th- that's what they announced. I thought you still had to pay for it. No, I thought they announced at at E3. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought they announced at E3 that EA Access is open to everybody that has gold now. Hmm. We'll have to take a look. Yeah, because then you officially you could have downloaded that Xbox One version and spoke only of the Xbox One version. That's fine. <laughs> all right, so all right, let's just get into this. 
Um, so, and Josh and I have not talked about this game yeah, at all at since all. he's gotten it. So I'm I'm very I'm honestly curious about a few things. Glenn even sent me an email or two like. I heard this and I heard that I didn't even respond to them. I was like, I'm not uh, saying a word until we get here. <laughs> well, the one thing is I know that one thing is true about um, the courses and the golfers. Actually, well, just wait till I get there. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's go. Let's, let's hit this. All right. So, um, <sighs> all right. Where to start? <laughs> well, there wasn't one last year. Yes. So, so much like, for at least two yeah, years. a lot like the NHL. Um, the NHL skipped the first year on the new generation of consoles. Right. Uh, and they spent the time, you know, working harder to make a better, you know, better <laughs> game. Uh, but when that game came out, there was a lot missing. And everybody freaked out and was very upset and, you know, yeah. didn't want to have anything to do with it. This is similar in a way, not quite as gutted as NHL was, but they took two years to make this and it's a bit thin in terms of content. Okay. Overall. Okay. Um, they did some really, really good things. So let me hit those first. Okay. Um, they kept talking about golf without limits and they're using the Frostbite 3 engine. We mentioned that before, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they're not doing a last-generation version of it. Right. So no PS3, no 360. So they could focus entirely on this game just for this generation of consoles, just for Xbox One and PS4. They're not doing it for anything else. Which EA seems to be doing a lot faster than they did when things moved from like the PS2 to the PS3. Yeah. But I think they've always been traditionally EA and the EA sports games, especially were traditionally the last ones to the last games on a system. Yeah. Yeah. Traditionally, they, they would just keep rolling them out long after the PS one was done. We were well into the generation of the PS two. No other games are coming out, and here comes the next Madden, and here comes the next NHL, and here they just always did that. Um, but I think there is such a shift, such a jump between the PS3 and the PS4 that, and it's it's a different. I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. <laughs> I'm pulling out all these random theories. I have no idea. Um, but whatever it is, they, they've really started to shy away from, I mean, NHL, they still put out the NHL, yeah. you know, game and it's, it's kind of a stripped down version. It's very similar, but, um, with golf now, uh, you don't have to worry about the feature set matching the last generation version that's done. Right. Um, They've got the Frostbite 3 engine in there, and because of that, they can load load the entire course at once, and we've talked about this. It's huge. I mean, not only for the no loading, but because, and I did this, (laughs) you can hit the ball anywhere. (laughs) 
and play it from there. Where in the older versions of the game, if you'd slice it or hook it really bad and it ended up off into the trees, it would hit a certain point and it would just, the whole thing would stop and you'd take a stroke and you'd have to go hit again. Yeah. From where you were. It sounds like you're really bad at golf. Me? Just saying. Oh, okay. Well, uh, the first tournament I played through <laughs> that I actually played through, uh-huh. um, I was 45 under par at the end of the tournament. <laughs> Were you playing against 12-year-olds? I was, it, you're not playing against anybody but yourself. Uh-huh. I was 45 under par. The guy in second place was 12 under. 45 under par. 46 under par. Sorry. I don't think that's even possible. Like, How many holes was that? It's a four-day tournament. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> Simple round it's of a golf. Tournament. I don't think that's possible. No, this is, it's a tournament. So there's okay. a four-day tournament. Um, so, yeah. it's I, I Because it's funny because we were emailing back and forth with the PR guy. And he's like, oh, yeah. you have to check out the, the putting and everything. And I was a little wary of the putting. Sure. Um, but it was I fell right into it. I'm like, oh, this feels like the same old putting. I know this putting. And I was dropping them like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I started getting awesome. it even at 83. It took me a couple holes, but I started getting it. Um, so, okay. So that's, you know, one of the big things you could, you could hit it so poorly. You could end up on the other fairway. One, one of the things that happened to me, I was on one of the fantasy courses. Sure. I hit and I, <clears throat> I missed, uh, the green by about 15 feet. But because of that, it dropped in front of a rock with an overhang. So there was no way for me to get out of it. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, fuck. So I turned around entirely and chipped it back onto the fairway. And then I turned back and then shot it back over. Um, But for the hell of it, I shot one like way off onto the other fairway, (laughs) got over there. Took my next shot, and I still got I still got a par on that hole. <laughs> wow! But you can do that. You can you know if you mess up, you're not automatically penalized and drop the ball somewhere or take it right back and shoot again. The ball lands where it lands. You got to deal with it. <laughs> nice. That's cool. So it's cool. The physics are a little wonky with that, though. In places, um, I'd I'd hit places where. And actually, it stood out more on some of the fantasy fantasy courses because I was hitting really well on the regular courses. But like the Battlefield 4 course, which is sure. there, which is a par 3, straight par 3 course all the way through. Huh. Um, so how many fantasy courses are there? I'll get to that in a second. Okay. 72. No. <laughs> Answer my fucking questions, Langford. All right. Well, <laughs> let me get back into things. That's um, fine. So... They're saying it cuts about 15 minutes off uh, per round by having no loading. With that the makes holes, sense. Sure. Which is great. It really, really makes a huge difference when you're playing. Sure. All right. So 12 golfers, eight courses is what's been bouncing around. Sure. Well, 12 licensed courses, or I mean, uh, eight licensed courses and 12 licensed golfers. Okay. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> and that and that's what I was alluding to. I wasn't saying okay. total. Yeah, and my fear was is that they were going to have all these fantasy courses to kind of fill things in. Not really. So when you add in the fantasy courses, 
it brings it up to 17, but a th- but it's no, it's only four fantasy courses. There's actually a 13th course, which is, um, was pre-order. Yeah. And was, will uh, be TPC Scottsdale. TP, yeah. It will be available to everybody 60 days after launch. So it is out there. Okay. Um, it's a bit better, but it's still not a lot of courses. It's not a lot of content. Not at all. And I looked back. It's funny because I have all my Sega Genesis games out here sitting out right behind my desk. Um, I forget why I took them out for some reason. I was doing something because <laughs> you them. just had to be close to your Genesis games. Oh. But because of that, I just picked up the original PGA Tour Golf and looked uh-huh. at the case. Uh-huh. That had sixty real life PGA Tour pros on it. Yep. Now it only had four courses, and one of those was a fantasy course, but. It had 60 PGA Tour pros on it. And this game took two years to make, and they only ended up with 12 real golfers. Yeah. Which is staggering in a way. I mean, and I've I've heard that the likenesses aren't even really good for a couple of them. Yeah, they're a bit hit or miss. Um, So, what's really important then, because, you know, you don't have a ton of courses. you don't have a ton of golfers. Uh, so how does the game play and what's available to you? Yeah. And the control is the big thing this time around. And you've, you've actually got some interesting options. You have the arcade style, which is roughly what it's been the past couple of years, um, where you can do the ball spin in the air and stuff like that. And, um, you know, power up your shot when you when you hit the ball and everything. Right. Um then there is the classic style. And that's a three click mechanic. Right. But the old meter. But it's not the straight meter, it's the semicircle meter. Which makes mm. it actually a little bit harder. <laughs> because the line goes up. It's almost like baseball. Is it the one the that's behind the baseball. golfer kind of curved? Yeah, it's it's almost like the pitching in baseball where you've got okay. like an arc yeah. that you have to one, two, three, you know, to hit. Yeah. Um, similar, but it's almost a full circle. It's like three quarters of uh, two thirds of whatever it is. It's most of a circle. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, you can overswing, you, you know, you can do whatever, to, but but that's a lot harder to deal with. And with that, you don't get any of the uh, booster spin on the ball. Right. It's just not available. Um, the other one is the tour style, which just about everything is turned off and it's just golf. It's like sim golf. It's straight up sim golf. (laughs) Like you can't zoom in down the fairway and see where you're going to land. You just have to feel for it and you just have to, you can look at the overhead and you can see, you know, the, by hitting the, um, the touchpad, you can look at the overhead of the hole like you would have on your scorecard or anything. Yeah. And, and get an idea of the, the yardage markers and all, but really you're completely on your own there. And depending on how fast you move the stick and how accurate you move the stick, that's going to be your shot. There's no putt reads. There's no nothing. Sure. It's tough as fuck. (laughs) Well, bet. Yeah. Uh, So, but after 46, 
uh, under par, I, I might want to tweak that a bit. Um, so one of the cool things is you can actually tweak any of the modes. You, you add custom styles. So you can start with, say, I want the arcade, but I want to take away the spin and the boost so that it's not so easy to crank it down the, you know, down the fairway. Yeah. Um, you can just take those out and there's your own custom style. You name it and it's just there. It's available to you to use and you can do several of them. I didn't see how many I, I just did one or two just to try it out. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. So you can just kind of figure out, I want, I want the tour style, but I want to add in just maybe the, the green, you know, the grid on the green so I can have some idea of what I'm looking at or whatever. So it's actually kind of, it's a nice little touch that they've added in. Yeah. Um, so when you start up the game, it throws you into a prologue where it's all, hi, I'm Rory McElroy, blah, 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 <laughs> And they talk about him and how awesome he is. And we've never heard of Tiger Woods and all this stuff. Um, yeah. Then they show you the three different modes and you can walk through it or you can skip it. But I think I, I, I wish I'd really look closely at this. I I said, all right, I'm going to go through this, but and I immediately hit the button. But up in the corner, I think it said, if you skip it, you know, you'll only have this mode available while the rest of the game loads in the background, a la MLB. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure if it actually said that or if I just dreamt it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, uh, but I just want to throw that out there. Um, it it's pretty cool to go through the prologue though at least because it it lets you try out all three modes and it actually shows you you know this is where you want to hit it this is what you want to do this is how you work with it and these are all the different things you can do it shows you how to you know shape your shots and things like that by by moving where you're going to hit the ball back in the corner of it or up you know over to the left over to the right all that stuff um so it teaches you a lot just in the prologue Okay. Um, you can then just do play now, uh, which lets you select golfer course, some options and go, uh, you've got the pro career, um, which is what you'd expect. It's the pro career. Um, you can create your own golfer. This is where things get, again, you look at it and you're like, dude, really? <laughs> um, thin. Um, so okay. the pro career, you can choose a backstory. You have to choose a backstory for your character. Um, <laughs> what is this? The wedding crashers now? Yeah. Uh, you're either a prodigy, a collegiate or an instructor. Um, so you're either Tiger Woods, some guy that was great in college or some old guy that's like, I'm well, you, so you can't be an instructor people. because those that can't do teach. No, you're right. Like, I'm sick of teaching. I can do better than these little whippersnappers. <laughs> and then you go out on the course and try <laughs> oh, to get your PGA God. tour card. All right. Um, the interesting thing is though, depending on which one you pick, well, it doesn't matter. Whichever one you pick, the commentary changes. Okay. And leans toward that, you know, so when you're the prodigy, they talk about in those lulls and when you're when you're doing well and when you're doing stuff, they talk about 
oh, yes, well, we've been watching him since he was two years old, and he's this big prodigy, and we've been expecting this, and it's great to see him coming out and doing blah, 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 you know. Yeah. So they'll they'll change everything up, which is kind of cool. You know, it customizes it a bit. <laughs> um, oh, with the pro career, when you start that, there's a feature called Quick Rounds. Okay. And that's on by default. I didn't know that the first time I started. I started and, you know, you're trying to get your PGA Tour card. You're thrown into this uh, little tournament. And I'm like, okay, let's let's do this, you know. And it starts me off and I'm on the seventh tee. And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. All right. That's weird. <laughs> so I take my shot. I'm like, okay. And then I'm on the eighth tee. And I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden I'm on like the 14th tee. And I'm like, what the? It says simulating, and I'm like, wait, what just happened? Do I not play? I was like, okay, so maybe when you're trying to get your tour card, they just simulate through so it's quicker. And then I started like a like another game, and it, it was doing the simulation again. I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on here? Huh. And then I dug into it, and I found out quick rounds, it's default in pro career oh. so that you could all it does is it drops you into quote unquote the important holes or it just decides and then simulates the rest based on your attributes and based on how you played on those couple of holes okay eh, nine huh. i don't like that because yeah that doesn't sound very appealing to me because with that if if you're because you start off behind you know you start off even everybody's already on like the the 11th tee and they're already six shots under par, you know, Uh the leaders are, if you're only playing like four holes, you're never going to catch them because it's going to simulate and it's not going to, you're never going to catch them. Right. Right. So I didn't, you know, I came in whatever place, like seventh or eighth in that little tournament, but I got my card and great. And I moved on. Well, then my first one, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm playing all 18 holes, all four rounds. And that's where I got 46 under par. And I was like, all right, well, maybe that's a little too much. <laughs> yeah, that's still pretty – I mean, that's better than Tiger Woods' numbers. Yeah, it's insane. The numbers are absolutely insane. But it's because it felt right to me because I have played – like I said, I have the original PGA Tour sitting here. I've played every PGA Tour since it came out. Sure. On the Genesis. And I played the crap out of it since it came out. This is one of those games that I was just always into and just would always sit there for ever playing over and over and over again. I played them a lot on PS2 and some oh. on PS3, but PS2 is kind of my heyday with PGA Tour games. But um, all the way through, I had them on PC because they were selling them. They were selling courses on disc. And I was like, oh, my gosh, all these courses you can get. Yeah. So I got all the courses and then I was playing, I have the PSP versions of it, uh, which I loved, even though they were slow at times, uh, yeah. slow to load, but I loved playing. I just, I played it on everything, everything I could. Um, so to me, I was able to jump right into it and it felt good and it felt good to the point where I was like, I got this and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a place where there's trees in the way and I'm shaping my shot to arc around the tree and land right where I want it on the fairway. And I'm dropping it right next to the hole. I almost had Eagles on part 
fours and par fives left and right. I I was dropping it within a foot of the hole. You know, I'm like, I got this, which is why I think I need to go back in and turn some stuff off. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I mean, there was a sister there to get you comfortable with it. Yeah. But at some point you need to start turning them off if you really want to play golf. Yeah. I do. And and that was the thing. I, I got through that first tournament. And I'm like, all right, th- I'm getting a bit crazy here. Um, so you can turn that, you can leave that quick rounds feature on and it'll allow you, it's almost, it's funny. It's almost like the, um, the be a pro modes where, you know, they, they'll simulate the game when you're not playing, but it's golf. You're always playing. Right. <laughs> so exactly. They'll simulate when you're not playing really, really important holes, I guess. Um, so whatever. I mean, that's there, uh, creating your golfer. Holy crap, dude. You have eight hairstyles. Okay. Three choices for body type and height, which are basically fat, skinny, tall, short, you know, average. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you have 12 skin tones, 11 really, really ugly generic heads to choose from. (laughs) You, you can't you can't import your face. You can't change the look of the face. You have eight, and if you don't look like any what of them, the fuck? you don't look like any of them. <laughs> or did I say eight? It's eleven. And um, yet, in the new NBA, they've got the whole thing where you can use your cell phone to scan your face in and yep. all this other crap. But yeah, so yeah, your golfer's really <laughs> not going to look like you. It's really bad. Um, huh? You can choose a male or female golfer. You know? Oh, so, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, one of the nice things though, you know, with all the attributes and all that stuff and all the clothes and, and clubs and all that stuff, it just unlocks as you level up, which, you know, that's standard now. Yeah. Um, you're not playing for sponsorships or anything like that. You're just leveling up your golfer. Um, that makes no sense. Like it's, I know. But that's that's the thing. This, they're, it's they're a very act, I mean, thin this, this game. really feels like oh, we didn't have enough time to finish all of it before. But it was two, two years. years at least. Yeah. Um, they did add, and I'm afraid this is what cut into a lot of it. <gasps> and maybe it's not, but it feels like maybe this is. It seems like they wanted to add in something different, something cool, something new. It's next generation. Let's do something. Let's do something we've never done on a Tiger Woods or PGA Tour or whatever. So they added this nightclub challenge mode, which is like a really arcadey nighttime golf. Okay. With glow in the dark, glow in the dark balls and everything. Neon lights. But it's 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 all like arcade. It's arcade like, and sure. s- some of it helps because some of it helps you with, um, just deciding on how to get the right shot to land the ball where you want it. Sure. But they add all kinds of crazy boosts like nitro and remote control, sticky ball, things like that. So it'll tell you hit it through these two rings and land it, you know, at the center of the target or as close to the center of the target as you can. That's something I would never touch. Oh well, yeah. You hit it through the one ring and then you have to use the boost to push the ball up again and get it through the second ring because the second ring is higher. 
Yeah. And then you have to make sure that it drops and and gets right to the center. Yeah. So it's, I, I can't believe they, they wasted time on that, yet you, you have barely any choices for creating your golfer. There's only eight licensed courses. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things they could have added to this game, yet they have to do this arcadey bullshit. Well, yeah, and that – there's more than 170 challenges on Holy that. And it's across, it's spread across. But that's that whole achievement slash trophy mentality. We got to put these challenges in there so you have yes. something to achieve. Well, it is, it's it's the mobile game type thing where you can yeah. just jump in, do a challenge, jump out. It's yep. it's that mentality. Um, so those are pretty much all spread across the fantasy courses. Um, so there's that. and And you get thrown in there as some of the fantasy golfers you can choose uh the old dude the old woman there's a there's a battle uh battlefield soldier uh and then there's like the the disco nighttime nightclub challenge dude um i think that's all of them um but you unlock those uh as you get you get you know one or two that are available and you have to unlock the others by completing whatever challenges on whatever courses and blah 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 yeah um the golf itself is actually great the physics feel great um i did see weird things where i'd hit a tree and it would seem to drop weird i'd hit Hmm. a branch and it would seem to drop weird and i don't know if it was actually dropping weird or it was dropping right it seemed (laughs) I've seen some weird ricochets off of trees where you think they would just drop, so well, that might be right. No, see, I think it's because the camera movement and the sound and all of it, it didn't quite sync up right when things would happen like that. And you're seeing the ball, you're seeing the ball, and it seems to go through it, and then all of a sudden the camera shifts and it drops and there's no sound, and you're like, what happened? Did I? Huh. I, I guess I hit that. I don't know if I hit it. Did I hit it? And you're not sure, but suddenly you've dropped where you were supposed to go like 280 yards and you've just dropped it 210. You're like, okay, I guess I hit it. It's, huh. it's weird. Um, I, I saw that a lot. Um, so the visuals looks fantastic. It actually really, really does look good. But yeah. there's a ton of pop in. Which that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, if you play Battlefield 4, you can see miles. And, well, when you're on the course and you're hitting the ball, for the most part, it's okay. When the, actually, when the game loads up for the first time and you're sitting in there watching the screens go and it's showing, you know, all these, all these shots of golf courses and all these beautiful, there's pop in all over that, which I was like, well, that's. Well, the load, that makes sense. I mean, that happens in Battlefield and everything too. Assets are loading in. They should have just masked it better. But that's in like. Hi, welcome to Rory McIlroy. Yeah, that should be should, a can thing. They should have thing. just masked that better. They yeah, should have. That's sloppy. It is. Um, but two years, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. You know, they, they obviously put a lot of work into getting the the Frostbite 3 engine in there and building these courses out and making them as realistic as possible. Yeah. When they're in there and and you're just standing there and you're looking at the course, it looks gorgeous. The lighting is really good. Um, it just it looks great for the most part. There's shimmer here and there, which just shouldn't be there. Um, the golfers, yeah, they're hit or miss. Um, you get the repeating animations walking down the fairway. 
Lots sure. of repeating animations, but way too many repeating animations just walking down the fairway. Um, the crowds look better than they have in the past. Much better. Well, that's good. Um, and there's actually wildlife all over the place. Like there were <laughs> alligators. There were oh. freaking alligators on one, this swampy area. And I'm like, holy crap, there's alligators there. There's deer. There were deer walking across the fairway at one point. And I hit the ball. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to hit one of them. I want to see it. what's going to happen if it actually hits one. It dropped right next to it. And they bolted. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was kind of cool. Because it really looked like it was going to hit them. If you want to see deer on the golf course, just come here to Wisconsin. <laughs> it happens all the time. No gators, though. You'd have to go down by Bitterman for that. Well, you know what's crazy? In South Jersey, in the golf course that was right you know, on the edge of the town I grew up in, mm-hmm. there were a couple of gators there. I don't know how they freaking got there, but there were like two alligators on that course. They must have had a lot of fun in the winter. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I, I don't understand uh-huh. that. Um, so, looks great. Uh, with, you know, a couple issues here and there. Um, commentary is now Rich Lerner and Frank no- Nobolo, uh, from the golf channel and they do NBC tournament stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're good. Um, you know, they, they do that stuff. Uh, they do the stuff talking about, you know, who you are based on what your backstory was. They will, when you're in a tournament, you know, yeah. you'll get to the eighth hole and you birdied it yesterday and you get to the eighth hole again and they'll mention that, especially oh, if cool. you're shooting worse or shooting better. They're like, you know, oh, he's he had a birdie here. Let's see if he can pull it off again. It looks like he's doing a little bit worse. You know, so they, they keep that stuff mm. in mind and that'll cross over and they'll talk about it, which is cool. I'm taking some cues from will be the show. Yeah. There is still repetition, though. And to the point where in that same tournament... I'd hit like the the seventh the seventh hole and every single every single time four days in a row. So you were out here for this one and and what did those guys think when they're oh they were salivating it? It's just such a great fairway and blah blah. I'm like, dude, four times in a row, really? Wow. Mix it up, huh. do something. <laughs> so well it's good, it's bad. You know, it's it's kind of a mix, like a lot of this is. Um it's with the whole thing seems to be uh, the music. It's the same type of music they've used for the PGA games for the past couple of years. Just, sure. uh, you know, no, it, just instrumental tracks and yeah. Um, sounds and everything are all just as good as they've always been. Uh, online multiplayer thin, like everything yeah. else. Uh, you've got local and online head to head multiplayer for up to four players. So you can do four players on the couch. You can do four players online, just like it's been the past couple of years. All four players are playing at once online. So you see the arcs well, go flying. The four player out. on the couch thing is cool though, because that's that wasn't even in there for a couple of years. Yeah, it's it's great that it's there. It absolutely is. If if you've got four four people around you, you just want to do some golf. Yeah. Um, the online is the same, where you're going to see the arcs fly, uh, and everybody plays. At their own pace, but you have to wait. Which is good because then you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about waiting for some asshole to tee off for five minutes. Yeah, you just have to wait for them at the end of each hole, and then you yeah, all move on yeah. together. And they're probably on a timer, so yeah. that's not. Uh, that, that's been fine. kind of a trend in golf games yeah. the last few years, which is good. And they've done really well with really it. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the online tournaments 
are actually pretty good idea the way they've done them. Um, cool. You've got daily and weekly tournaments. Uh, you've only got one shot at it, at each of hmm. them. Um, so you take your shot at the daily tournament, and that's your score. Uh, you can't go in and go again. Um, the other thing is, for each daily tournament, it's pre-selected. I mean, you, you have your option. There's you know tabs, and you can do the daily tournament arcade, daily tournament classic, daily tournament tour. So, and then the same thing with weekly. So when you go in there, those are the rules. It's the arcade rules, the classic rules or the tour rules. And that's how you have to play it. But they also throw a monkey wrench in where they'll change or turn off random settings. So they're taking some cues from hotshots golf. They're taking a lot of cues from hotshots golf. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. So I'd like to see something a little more original, I guess, too. But yeah. There, well, that it sounds exactly like what they've been doing in Hot Shots Golf World Tour. Yeah. So you go in and you've got your daily arcade challenge, and they've turned off the ball arc. You know. Okay. Yeah. Or they've done something like that. Or they'll have a course where every hole is really high wind. Or. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. do they do they get as extreme as having something like if you hit a sand trap, it's plus three? No, no, they don't okay. do stuff like that. It's just okay. it's just the regular options that you could turn on and off, uh, essentially. Um, so that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I ended up trying out the tour on the battlefield course. Mm-hmm. Holy. That was a nightmare. I I played the I played the battlefield course in arcade mode, and I ended up like, what was it? Maybe seven under, maybe eleven under, something like that. Straight yeah. par three course. So I was getting a lot of a lot of birdies along the okay. way. <laughs> I tried it for the online tournament in the tour mode, where everything's turned off. And I think there was wind too, which made it even worse because these greens are tiny. Um, I ended up at like a plus twenty-two or something absurd like that. <laughs> it was insane. It was so freaking hard, and I just I wanted to quit, and I'm like, I can't quit. I'm just I have to finish this out and see how bad it is. <laughs> it was, but that is actually where I ran into some of the weird stuff with the physics and and the the landscape where, and it's a fantasy course, you know, so you're going to have weird things going on as it is. But I, I landed, um, next to a building and I thought, well, I don't have room to even stand there. Well, it dropped me there and I did have room to stand there, but I couldn't move the ball at all. I'd take a shot Mm. and it would move an inch, you know, would hit something that I couldn't see. That sounds like some of the old games and get stuck. Yeah. Like you're playing links on the PC. It was really weird. So I was completely stuck. And that happened to me like three times on that, which is how I got to a plus 22. (laughs) It happened. What? That for one hole. No, that for that course. No, when you get to, when you get to, when you double the par, it moves you. It yeah, says you're that's done. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. To, yeah. So I got 18. <laughs> wow. You know, six, six, and six on three of the holes, which, you know, didn't help. Um, 
but yeah, the tournaments, they're actually pretty cool. The one fucked up thing about it is the moment you finish the tournament, you know, you're, you're seeing your scorecard the whole way through, you get to the end, there's your scorecard. You can see what you did. You're like, okay. And you hit cross and you get dropped back into the main menu, like all the way out to the main menu. I'm like, well, where did I, how did I, where do I stand against everybody else? You have to go all the way back to the online, go all the way back in and find which tournament it was that you were in to figure out where you ranked. And I'm like, well, that's fucked up. That, that has to be fixed. That's just something they missed somehow. So they, so they had six months to build this game. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh, So, it it's like a work in progress. It really, it's a lot like NHL 15 was, but it feels a little bit beefier than NHL 15 did. Like NHL 15 felt like it was missing a lot more than sure, this sure. did to me. Um, maybe they're about the same, but <clears throat> I, I looked back, I, I had to write this down too. I looked back on the last couple of games. 2013 had 16 courses on the disc. <laughs> Last year had 20 courses on the disc (laughs) and now we've dropped to 12 or 13 if you have the DLC. Um, and then the, you know, the fantasy course, whatever. Um, so it just, it feels like, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more available via DLC like in past years. I, I don't know. I, they I think there will be. I there might be, but they haven't really mentioned it. There's no, you know, in the past years, it was always right there in the menu, and it would always say, "Here's all the courses yeah. you can get if you want to pay for them." None of that is in there, so I don't even know if uh, you know how they're going to do it or if they're going to do it. I would assume. I really wanted would. to get this game, but it's starting to make me feel like I don't really want to bother. It's tough. I mean, there there's actually enough there to keep you busy for a long time. Sure. Between the online tournaments and stuff and, and what is there. Um, the the fantasy courses, the one that's in the Grand Canyon is actually yeah. really fun. <laughs> I I played that and I was having a blast with it. It's it's tough in places, but it's it's spectacular. It's fantastic. Um the other courses, you know, I'm I'm playing through my career and I'm enjoying it. Um but yeah, it just doesn't feel done. It feels like it's a good foundation. Like yeah. NHL was, it feels like it's a good foundation, but it's amazing. They had two years and it's just not done. They they did the exact same thing with NHL 15. For the PS4, they had two years to make that thing and it came out very bare bones. It just was missing so much basic stuff that you expect it to have. So it's tough. There's enough there to keep you busy for a long time, but there's a lot missing. So yeah, uh, I'm giving it a seven. Um, Okay. So it's, yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I really, I'm, I'm kind of jonesing for a golf game and I've been playing the golf club, but the thing that that shies me away from the golf club a little bit is that there's no real courses. I mean, there, yeah, People have tried to emulate them, that sort of thing, but it's just not the same to me. And, you know, Hot Shots, I don't have my PS3 here at Rocks. I have my Vita, and that's all for for Hot Shots, which is fine to a certain extent, but sometimes I want to play it on a TV, you know, lean back and just play some golf. And I was really excited for this. I liked what I played at E3. Obviously, like we always say about E3, you know, you've got like 10 minutes with the game if that. So it's not really a great, a great way to judge something completely. 
It's you know you can be interested or not that that sort of thing. So I don't know. Maybe I will just go, wait until I go home this weekend and get on my Xbox One and you should if it's available for you. <clears throat> yeah, you should do that. So let me read this to you really quick. Um, oh, that was only for E3 week. Ah, uh. Xbox Live members can play EA Access games for free during E3 2015. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> Fuck. I guess it's five bucks a month, and I'm not paying five bucks a month for that. I'm never on my Xbox One. Eh, anyway. I, I don't know. I just... Yeah. It's... Right now, I don't have time anyway, so I'm not going to worry about it, because I'm just playing Rocket League too damn much. And, and well, if that's possible. And it was weird. I mean, that was one of the things. As I played it, I'm like, well, I'm having fun with it, you know, but it's thin. Yeah. it's I'm I'm definitely having fun with it, and I fell right back into that groove that I had been in with with PGA, you know, across however many years it's been since 91, 01, carry the nine, do the, <laughs> I, I don't know, uh, 24 years at this point. Yeah. Um, did I get that right? Sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> Just say yes and we'll move on. So, yeah, I got, I got to that, got into that groove and that's how I got that ridiculous score in that tournament and i'm like okay i'm having fun with this and I, yeah. I i have the feel for it and it feels right and it plays right and it's that's great is there enough there for you that's the question is is that enough courses for you to keep you busy um or is it just not worth that price so yeah. it's it's a tough call i mean ea has had this formula for the last couple of years as well with all the dlc and Kind of, and there's some, some exceptions. I, I honestly do think that the season pass for Battlefield Four was worth it. I mean, the, the amount of content, and they're still bringing stuff to it. Uh, the amount of content you got with it was really good, and 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 it was it was very substantial. But I think, especially with the sports games, we've seen on occasion their DLC strategy from EA has just been atrocious. I mean, you're getting you're buying half the game, and the other half you have to buy with a season pass or something. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's only eight licensed or nine licensed courses with the with the pre uh, pre order one, it's not enough. I mean, back in the Genesis days, maybe, but we had games on cartridges. They were, they were very finite uh, amount of memory and storage. You know, nowadays, come on. Yeah, it's. I just I have a I have a real problem with that. It's a tough call. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I am having fun with it, so there is that. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, but it, it definitely sounds like uh, it's just missing some really easy stuff. Yeah, it's missing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Hmm. So. Uh, all right. Let's move on to God of War. This is going to be so quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so God of War 3 remastered. It was funny because, you know, Josh had it last week and. Uh, it showed up at his house. Well, I got home on Friday morning. Boom! There was one on my doorstep as well. Uh, you know, and, and our our process here is if it's a game that's been out before and it's coming out again, we usually have the same person review it because you know you can just use the review you already had up and everything else. You, well, you can compare it because yeah. you there's chance that somebody didn't play that first version of it exactly. But and and that's yeah. a good. But we both had so. 
Right, right. And and the thing is, uh, well, I wrote the review, though, but the funny thing is we didn't have our format back then because <laughs> yeah. this is March of 2010, yeah. March 8th of 2010 that I put it up. Uh, so, like, that review doesn't really work anymore unless we just don't – I don't know. We'll it's it a out. rambling – yeah. <clears throat> it is. A, I'm not a good writer. I, I'll fully admit that. I, I get wordy and stuff, even though this one isn't that wordy even. But that was um, part of the reason I put in that format because everybody was all over the place. I'm like, let's focus. <laughs> well, it wasn't just you. I think – yeah, I think well, – whatever. So yeah. um, I really liked the PS3 one so much that I think I gave it a 9.5, didn't I? You did. I mean, I did. I absolutely loved the game. I put videos up. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I need to be upfront about this with a lot of people because, you know, they were watching the streams. I streamed it the other day. We were allowed to stream up to a certain point, which was funny. Stoffnander made a good point. He's like, well, why do you have to stop? I mean, it's a game that's been out for a long time. It's been out for five years. They can go to YouTube and watch the whole thing. But I get where Sony's coming from. They want to try to preserve the story a little bit for people who haven't played it before. People, Yeah, exactly. The, the, the one of the, Even though they can go to YouTube and watch the whole thing. The, but There are people that don't do that, though. And there's right. like the guy I, I work with just got his PS4 and I told him – you know, I last at the end of last week, I said, yeah, I've been playing God of War three. It's like, oh, that's on there now. Oh, because yeah. he always had an Xbox. He's like, I always wanted to play those games. I was like, well, here's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not the target audience. The people that played this on PS3, we are not the target audience for this game. Yep. Be aware of that up front. If you loved God of War three and you want to play it again, by all means, this is going to be great. It's the same game you played before. The target audience are all those people that came to PlayStation from Nintendo, from Xbox, or maybe this is their first system. So, you bitch all you want, but you're not the target audience. Just be aware of that. Uh, but that's the thing. It was an awesome game on PS3 five years ago. It was still, uh, to this day, I, I firmly believe that it's still one of the best-looking games on the PlayStation 3. And on any system at that time. Uh, it's a beautiful game. They get away with it by having fixed cameras and that sort of thing. But who cares? It's still a great looking game. It plays great. It controls well. The sound is amazing. The soundtrack is something that you want to own and listen to separately. The voice acting is phenomenal throughout. It's a very high quality game. And it's one of my favorite God of War games. Um, much better than Ascension, especially. Hmm. So... I started playing it, and I'm up to the – well, people that have played it before, they don't know what I'm talking about. I'm up to the Guitar Hero section. There's this one little section of the game about – I'd say about halfway through, maybe a little bit less, uh, where it's kind of like Guitar Hero. Uh, it's one of the puzzles. <clears throat> so that's as far as I've gotten so far with this. But that's why this is going to be a short review because this is the exact same game. The videos look better than they did in the in 1 and 2 remasters. Um, but there is this little tiny quality difference. When you go from the cutscene stuff where they're loading the game up to gameplay itself. Uh, the loads and everything are still seamless like they were in the PS3 version, but you can see a quality difference. It's, it's very slight, though, but you can definitely see it. But what they've done with it looks fantastic. It's a solid 60 frames per second. I've never, ever, ever seen it falter. It still controls great. It still sounds great. The lighting has definitely been improved. They've gone crazy with lighting in this game in certain sections. But that's it. It's the same game. There's no additional content on the disc that I found. No, there isn't. There's no 
extra missions. There's no anything. It's the same game. It's just upconverted for PS4, but they did a really good job with it. Like textures look great. Frame rates got awesome. Like I said, lighting is awesome. They've done a very admirable job. But it's the same game. So all these people tweeting at me and all these people on the on the stream, like, is it worth the upgrade? Is it worth the upgrade? No. Unless you want to play it again with it looking better. That, that but and I'm not saying it's not worth it. It's a great game. And it's a great game on the PS4. But if you played it on the PS3, you don't want to play God of War 3 again, don't buy it. Uh, if you've never played this before, maybe try to play God of War 1 and 2 on PlayStation Now and then play this one so you get into the storyline. But it's awesome. It, it, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to finish it now because I've started it and I've, really, I've just gotten sucked in again. Because I haven't played this game for five years. So a lot of the story, I don't remember. You know, I, I get into scenes like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But I've forgotten a lot of the puzzles already. So I had to figure them out again when I was streaming. And But it's awesome. It's a great-looking game. It plays great. I love the story. I love the soundtrack. I love everything about it. So I'm going to give this exactly what I gave the, the PS3 version, a 9.5. Because yeah, it's still sense. an awesome game. Yeah, it is. Sound reasonable? It it looks great, plays great. It does. It's, it, awesome. it's, it's I mean, you're already coming from better source material than you were with the PS2 games. You know, the PS3 one was just leaps and bounds better than the PS2 ones in terms of technical stuff. So now bringing it up to PS4, it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a native PS4 game, but damn, it's close. And they get away with a lot of that because of the fixed cameras and they're able to render a lot more things and blah, blah, blah. But it, it does. It looks fantastic. The lighting is awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it's one thing that even on that stream at 30 frames, you can tell the lighting is way different now. But, it, you know, that, that's the thing about it. Everybody just loves to bitch about something. So you see a lot of people, ah, fuck this, blah, blah, blah. You're not the target audience. It's You're not so the person smooth. that this is aimed to. It's so smooth, though. So beautiful. It is. It, it, it's a very, like, just very smooth experience all throughout. Yeah, it's, it's great. But it was great on PS3. That, that's the whole point. You know, they just made it great, as great on PS4. It's not greater, except it looks better. It's just, it's great on a new console. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they brought it up to that level. So... Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> All right. 9.5, like the PS3 one. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Now, we haven't talked about this one either yet. Not at all. Uh, and I played this at PSX. I played this at E3. That's as much as I played. And I didn't play through all four chapters like you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to keep this one, too, when they emailed. And I'm like, oh, I just got too much going on. So, and I figured you want to play it. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So I'm gonna be vague. I don't want to spoil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll be very careful about what I say. And um, you did a really good job at that in the write up, also, by the way. Well, thank you. So, if uh, if you want more on this, check out Josh's write up that went up this morning uh, for the for Until Dawn. We're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really good. So, until dawn, we've we've all heard about it. Um, what surprised me? One of the things that surprised me was the actors that showed up in the actual full game. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" 
and <laughs> and this person and this because you can recognize them immediately. They they look exactly like the person. I recognized one in the in the PSX demo, mm-hmm. and the super giant guy looked at me <laughs> with this horrid like this horrible face, like oh shit. <laughs> Because I figured one out, and I'm like, is that so-and-so? And he's like, uh, I can't comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's cool. So you start with the prologue, and you're at a party that's winding down in this remote cabin. Got all your friends there. And something really bad happens, of course. Uh, and then it skips ahead. <laughs> They get into a Tyler Perry marathon on TBS? Mm, not that bad. Oh, okay. Um, but still pretty bad. Um, and it skips <laughs> it skips you ahead a year now. Oh, wow. And that's, okay. that's because now it's one year later and uh, it's somebody's parents' cabin. Um, so the guy is like, hey, I'm inviting everybody back. One year, you know, we haven't seen each other in a year and let's do this and let's get together and we'll do our thing, blah, 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 blah. Um, and the funny thing is there are so many characters, there's like eight or so, um, that when you play that little prologue, I can't, you can't keep track. You're not really introduced. It's so short. You're not very fully introduced to any of them in a way that you understand the relationships and who's who and who they're with and what they're doing and all that stuff until you play it through a second time. Oh. So I played through the whole thing and then went back. And then when I got to that prologue thing, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> then all of a sudden everything started to make sense to me. I was like, so he, oh, I get it. Oh. And maybe it's just me. Maybe when I get that many characters, I just kind of lose focus. And I'm like, there's too many. I can't deal with it. And I just focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um but seeing it all again and paying more attention to it, it's suddenly like all the little nuances and all the little, um, uh, relationships kind of made more sense, uh, going through a second time. Huh. <clears throat> so, um, you have traditional controls, you know, sticks and buttons and all, or, <laughs> You know, those sticks and those buttons and... Or you've got the motion controls and just just minimal buttons. Well, when you say motion controls, is it just DualShock or does it still support move? Uh, I didn't pick up a move. I think it's just DualShock. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's the whole story about this is that this game was originally being developed for PS3 yeah. to be played only with PlayStation Move. They yeah. showed that demo where you were controlling the flashlight and everything else and then it disappeared for a while and it popped back up for PS4. Yeah. Um, although I, I think I asked that at PSX now that I think of it I don't, and I don't think it supports move yeah I don't think it does because one of the very specific things on there is it tells you stay still and it shows an outline of the light on the front of the DualShock 4 yeah. within an outline um, and you have to hold it still within that outline okay um, so yeah I doubt there's going to be uh, move move support. Um, so you can pick either one. And, and the motion control is more of, you know, pull something, push something, uh, choose the right path or the left path. You know, so you're just kind of moving it around like that. 
uh, sure. for the most part. Um, you are still using the sticks um, to move the characters around. You know, right. tilting. Um, I still don't think so. I mean, I, it's been a couple of days since I played it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are because I was doing some of the motion stuff at PSX even. Unless, yeah. I mean, it, shit could change by then because yeah. that was back in December. Um, so <clears throat> when we played it at PSX and E3 and all these places, um, the game would start out with this generic series of questions. You know, do you fear crowds? Do you fear bats? Do you yeah, like this? Are like you scared one. of this? You know, all these different things. Uh, that's in the full game, but it's presented in a very different way. And it's really cool the way they do it. It's it's different. I, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to say yeah. anything more than that. But when you get there and, you're, and it happens, you're like, whoa, oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Um so the kids are back at the cabin. Uh, it's a year later. They're, they're all slowly coming in. And that's the thing. You jump from one to the other to the other. Like you, you're Hayden Panettiere and you show up and you do some stuff. And then you meet up with one of the other characters and you switch to the other character. And then you're them doing some stuff with her still in the scene. Uh, and then they move on and then somebody else shows up and you switch to one of those characters. So you're bouncing around between the different characters. And the thing of it is the, the big thing of it is the butterfly effect, um, which people don't know what that is. I actually put a link to the Wikipedia explanation of it, but what it is, <laughs> is essentially nobody saw that Ashton Kutcher masterpiece. Come on. Yeah. It's, it's a theory that something as small as seemingly innocuous as a butterfly flapping its wings could change the weather halfway across the world and cause a hurricane. Right. Because that little um, disturbance in the wind in that area can then exponentially grow along with this and that and boom, 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 boom. And it compounds on each other. And then you've got a hurricane halfway across the world. Sure. So there's key moments and decisions and things in the game where you make a decision, you make this very important decision and based on what you do, that's going to have ramifications down the line uh-huh. where I don't know, like say somebody's cheating on somebody and you either don't tell them or you tell them. Okay say you did that they could react violently they could get upset they could treat you differently they could treat the other person differently when and then that compounds on on say somebody gets into a fight and whose side are they going to take because now they know this that they didn't know before and it just goes and it just multiplies so you can see where you have a handful of decisions, but there can be like a daisy chain effect all the way down the line. And you could have a very different experience each time you play based on how you make these decisions. So this sounds kind of like it's kind of an evolution of what we had in heavy rain to a certain extent. Yeah. To, yeah, to a certain extent. Um, I mean, the same kind of theory or same kind of, you know, yeah. Mechanic. 
in in a way. It's it's cool. I mean, it's it's very much um, it's very much an adventure type game. You're you're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of exposition, a lot of standing around where you're just characters are talking. Yeah. Um, but you need this because it's really important to uh, to get the feel of who these people are, what their motivations are, what worries them, what you know, what they like, and and then depending on how you talk to them, or depending on those butterfly effect moments, what you say to them, or huh. what your actions are towards them. It could be the difference between them living and dying, you know, a couple hours later in the game. Right. Hmm. And and you start to see that as you play through it. And then as you play through it a second time, it's it's really cool. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it sounds like it's the consequences that we've expected from games like this in the past are actually going to happen this time. Yeah. And huh. and they say, you know, it's possible that you could save all of them or almost all of them or whatever it is. Um, it's going to be tough to do. <laughs> it really huh. is. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a hard time with it. The first time through, I just played through without even thinking. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I do. And this is what I do. And then, and then I was like, oh, that's a big problem. <laughs> and this is a big problem. Oh no. Oh, I'm I, well, this guy's dead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was one of those things where I was, and it wasn't until like two hours later where I'm like, Oh, what did I do? This guy's screwed. <laughs> um, so you start to see things like that. You start to see it all come together. Um, sure. Because it's, kind of an 80s type horror movie type thing where you've got the teenagers in the cabin, remote woods. Yeah. Um, there has to be a lake somewhere, I'm sure. I don't know. Well, snowy. You're, you're on top oh, of the mountain. Oh, okay. Um, that's, the other, yeah. that's the other side of it, yeah. Yeah. And there's a crazy man coming to kill everybody. Um, <sighs> I won't tell you why. They get into that in the game and they get deeper oh. into it. There's, there's lots of little clues you can find. Did Jennifer Love Hewitt leave somebody by the side of the road dead? I know nothing of this. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just wanted to say Jennifer Love Hewitt because I wanted to think about her for a second. Yeah. Yeah. She's not my type. Um, so there's there's actually a lot of collectibles to find. There are also uh, these totems you can find. Okay. And you pick it up and depending on the color – uh, it's either going to herald death, guidance, loss, danger, or fortune. doesn't really do anything for you. You'll flip it over and you look into the mouth of it and this flash comes up for like two seconds. Okay. And it shows you a possible future event hmm. for the person that picked it up. And it depends. You can make a choice that could change that. You can make a choice and you're locked into that. But you don't know. You just know that this is a possible, if you pick up death, this is possibly how this person will die. You don't know when. It could be huh. in five minutes. It could be in three hours. You, you know yeah. nothing. But then all of a sudden, you get to a point in the game where you're like, this looks familiar. Oh fuck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's really, really cool in that respect. It's, it 
it gives you a little warning, but it's, it's obscured in a way, you know, it's not a straight up. Okay. Here's a big thing and you better watch out for it. It's just a possible warning, a possible event that could happen. And it's so quick that you might not even be able to piece it together until it's too late. Oh, it's really, really cool. So huh. it's, it's got a neat thing that they, that they threw in there with that. Yeah. Um, it plays really well. Uh, it's not, everybody's going to like it. They're not going to, not everybody's going to go for the gameplay. Um, it's a lot of dialogue, a lot of watching things play out. Um, there's a little bit of exploration, but it is, it's a lot like a point and click adventure in that respect. Yeah. Where you're walking around and you're looking for things and, Oh, here's something I can click on, you know, and ah, I see it. Yay. You know, <laughs> um, there is something, I don't think I mentioned it. Oh, I don't think I ever wrote it up. Um, but okay. Uh, there are these things called, uh, what do they call them? Cheap shots. Oh, okay. Um, and I kind of wish I had set this up right when I first played it. Uh, when you play the game, if you go into the menu before you start the game and turn on the PlayStation camera, you can play the game and at very specific moments, it'll record a couple seconds of video. Oh, shit. Yeah. To get your reaction. It's basically reaction <laughs> shots, which is awesome. It's, it's such a great cool. idea. And I, oh, I think I did mention that because I think I said somewhere, I, I'm excited to see these things show up on YouTube. Um, I don't know. I must have written it somewhere. Um, it's in my head. Maybe it never made it to the final draft. Uh, so what's, what's really cool is that, um, it didn't work for me because I was in the living room. The sun was still up. So behind me in the bay window, it's all bright and you can barely see me. And I'm not. Well, that's even better though. Cause then it's just like this, this shadowy image. No, but you can't even see my reaction cause I'm too far from the camera and everything. Oh, um, but when the, when, when the thing happened, I jumped, I was like, I, I was startled and I was like, <laughs> You and I started laughing. I'm like, "Oh, you fuckers!" And I'm laughing and laughing, and I'm like, "That was nuts!" And then I noticed the red light on the camera, and I'm like, "That, oh, you fuckers!" <laughs> and I was like, "Now I have to see that." And when I watched it, I'm like, "Damn it! It didn't really turn out that well." Um, but there are a couple of those in the game, so I'm really excited to see those reaction shots. You, if you're going to play this and you're going to do that, set it up right so that it's a good close up of you on the camera. And, yeah, we expect a forums thread on this one. Yeah, you really have to do it because because some of the some of the things, you know, you're ready for jump scares, you're ready for gruesome things and you're ready for whatever. But then it happens and you're not ready for it because they really <laughs> they hit you hard and it was good. It was really nice. good. Um That's cool. So from what I could tell because even one of the menu items and I had it as a screenshot but I took it down. Before uh-huh. I published it, I, I had second thoughts about it. There's a bunch of butterflies up. And as you get to those key moments, it'll pop up in the butterfly. And then you click on that and it shows you that next key moment that you got to and how it changed or how it how it went one way or the other. And then it continues on and on and on. Hmm. And there's like, I forget how many there's up ton of butterflies on that screen 
Huh. So when you look at that and you start to add it up and it gets all exponential, I'm like, you could literally have 20 people play this game five times and they would not see the same thing. Sure. They would have sure. a very different game every time. I'm like, this is, wow. I'm really excited to see. I'm excited to play through it a couple times, the full game, and then sit and watch people play it on, you know, live, live from PlayStation. Just watch people play it streaming yeah. And see how their game goes and see huh. what difference it is and how different it is and the changes they make and their reactions and stuff like that. I'm really excited to see how different it can be, you know, because I played through a couple times um, just to see what I could change. And it, it gets different. And I, I'm really excited to see with the full game and how many changes it can make and how everything can can just stack on each other and just to have this crazy domino effect of going off in all different directions. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that you can look at that. Yeah. I, I really want to see how it all plays out for, for different people. So hmm. it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I like the way it plays and I, you know, a lot of quick time event type things and, and stuff like that. Um, cause you have to make quick decisions at times. Um, but I like that. I like the way it plays. I love the way it looks. Um, I'm very excited for it, you know, and it's cool. End of August. And it comes out in here. October, right? August 25th. August. Okay. Yeah. So just over a month from now. And I'm like, get here now. Get yeah, quick, yeah. Quick. And I'll be at PAX. So. <laughs> I want to play it. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get it. It's good. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of a – I love those surprises when all of a sudden an email shows up here. Try this. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, and like I said, uh, Josh did a nice write-up on the website. There's some screenshots, everything else. Very spoiler-free. So uh, check that out as well if you want at psnation.com. All right. Uh, just really quick because it's in two weeks. Uh, I'm going to be doing, like I mentioned last week, a little Extra Life mini marathon uh, to basically get rid of all the unclaimed prizes in my house. Now, a couple of them actually have been claimed now, which is funny. Uh, I was going to try to get them mailed out on Saturday, and then I didn't realize that the post office closes at 11 and not noon. So. That's great. People sat on that forever, and then they heard this, and they're like, oh, fuck. There's one on from the three years ago. <laughs> I still have. That's crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know why it never got sent, but yeah. So uh, apologies, I'll email them back tomorrow, basically. But I, I was going to send the stuff out on Saturday morning, and I totally screwed up. I thought it was still open, and it wasn't, so I'm going to wait until Friday. Uh, but I'm going to be doing this marathon. Uh, it's going to be 12 hours, starting 8 a.m. Central Time on July 25th, uh, You know, obviously ending at 8 p.m. on July 25th. Uh, go check it out. I have it on the forums. If you go to the special events section, there's a, a thread right there. Uh, one thing is I want to try to play games that are very social, so online games, obviously. Uh, so I put a poll up of some other games, and I'm asking everybody to please go vote. You can vote on four different titles, uh, but please go vote because those are probably the games I'm going to play. I, I'm figuring like maybe three-hour sessions for four games. Boom, we'll get through 12 pretty quickly. It uh, looks like the front runner is definitely uh, <laughs> Rocket League right now, So, uh, which I think that was kind of a given anyway. I was going to play that because I, I can play that. I can probably play that for 12 hours on itself. Mm. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, go over there, check it out. I was going to do a catalog of the prizes I have at the house, and I just did not have time this weekend because uh, I'm working on Sundays now at home. That's why I'm home on Fridays and stuff. So um, I'll get that list up 
this weekend sometime for sure. I, I promise that will happen. Uh, but uh, like I said, the, the one thing is uh, I'm just going to take donations to our page. I just don't want to try to get you know lists from you know if you have a, a team right now or if you're part of the team and you get donations. I don't want to do all that stuff for this one. We just want to keep that kind of thing to the main event in, on November 7th. So uh, we're going to do the raffle, though. It's going to be the same numbers, everything else. Anything that you donate for this one goes against your total for the year. So if you decide to do 25 bucks for this one, uh, and then you do 25 bucks in November, you get 50 bucks for 2015, and you're in for both raffles. So you're going to be in for the raffle I do on, on in July here, and you'll be in the one on, 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 in November as well. So, uh, And like I said, we have the one thing where uh, Sam actually made these little VR headset with our logo on it and everything. He 3D printed it, uh, and he put that he donated that as a prize. So we're going to do, I think it's a $30 minimum donation just put in the the message to comment or message to gamer or whatever uh, uh pound vr just so we know that you want to be in for that uh, all the instructions are in the thread uh, i'm not going to do like an extra life page or anything for this this is just kind of a little fun thing to do and and you know just like i said to try to get rid of all the stuff that's sitting in my house right now because i'm hoping that i get hired at this job and i can move and i want to get all the stuff out of the house before i move so uh that, that's the biggest thing and i don't want the stuff to go to waste there's actually some really cool shit in there too <laughs> like i think there's still one of those god of war art books in there wow yeah so uh so i'll, I'll put the list up this weekend sometime uh by the at, you know at the latest this coming sunday i'll have that list up on on the thread and uh, but all the all the instructions and everything are there. All the you know like what you need to do for this or that, and uh, it should be fun. So please try to keep uh, July twenty fifth open. Get on there and play some games with me, please. Uh, like I said, I want to try to keep these games social. So uh, like Destiny, uh, Destiny, you can only you can only do three players total for a lot of the stuff unless you do um, unless you do the PvP, which I really don't want to do. Or if we do a strike together, or, or not strike, uh, a raid together. Uh, so that's possible. I don't know yet, but like Rocket League, or you know, we were talking about like maybe doing some Battlefield Four because there's a ton of people that can be on that. Uh, whatever. So get on there. If you don't see a game on there on the list, you know, suggest it to say other and suggest it, and we'll take a look at it. So that's all. But yeah, please, you know, hang out, check it out. It's for Extra Life. It's for Children's Miracle or uh, Children's Miracle Network again. Obviously, it's for Children Specialized in New Jersey, uh, which we always play for. And, uh, yeah, so we're just getting a little jump start on it. What the hell? Have a little fun. It'll be my birthday thing because my birthday is like a few days after that. So we'll have my birthday party. Whatever excuse we got to use. All right. All right. Emails. I guess I'll take the first one since you've been talking for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, oops, except I went to the other one. All right. Uh, this is from Havard Olofsson, and he says, uh, hello, I've heard... Rumors that Dear Esther is coming to PSN quite soon. Do you know anything about it? The reason I'm asking is because you can't find any information online about it. For example, Wikipedia. Oh, well, Wikipedia uh, says the game is just for it's it's just for Mac and PC. And I know you really can't trust Wikipedia. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys know something about it. Uh, also, I do love you guys. Aw, if you ever come to North Norway, uh, you can always stay at my place. Yes. Well, if we ever do the world tour. I would love to see Norway. I would. I actually would love to see that too. Plus, we got friends in Norway. We'd love to go over there. Uh, and that's from Havard, second time writer from Norway. So, uh, yeah. So, Dear Esther, um, they had a lot of problems with that game. So, this is the, the Chinese room who's doing uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. 
so this is the game they did before that. It was originally a Half-Life mod, and they had some problems. The, the game did really well, uh, Dear Esther did, but um, they did it in Source Engine. And there was a problem in Source Engine because there was a middleware in Source Engine that they didn't realize they had to license separately. So all of a sudden the game came out, did really well, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, you owe us like hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever it is. So they had a lot of problems with it, uh, and, and there was a lot of concern about like the Mac and Linux version. So after a lot of debate and everything else, because it was so expensive, uh, what they decided to do is, hey, let's try to preserve this game because they don't want to get into any kind of mess like that to, anymore. Plus they had a problem with uh, Valve, the person they dealt with at Valve quit and went somewhere else, and they didn't have very good communication lines with Valve anymore. So they decided to convert the game from Source Engine to uh, Unity. Then it was announced for PS, PSN. I think it was, originally it was PS3, and they were going to do it in Source Engine on PS3. I think that got scrapped now, and they're just doing it for PS4. But it does sound like it's going to be out before everyone's gone to the rapture, I think. But I haven't heard anything on a release date or anything like that. I don't know if it's before or after Rapture. I have no idea. But it, it's had a really weird kind of life so far, all the crap they've had to deal with, uh, mainly with licensing. So, yeah, that's a, that's as much as I know, though. And I don't even know if Josh has heard of the game. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. I can try to find out though. I don't. I don't know who I'd talk. I don't have any emails about it, so I don't know who I could really talk to. But uh, I can try to poke some bears. Do it. Maybe some lions, so they roar. Mm. Roar. Oh, that trailer was fucked up. <laughs> yes, it was. I just. I, I love how it's not just shot like a bunch of guys have a camera around. It's actually shot like a Hollywood movie. Yeah. With all these crazy like. <laughs> All these crazy uh, camera angles and swoop shots and everything else, but it's just these people living with these animals that are going to kill them. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> these people are dumb. <laughs> Absolutely stupid. If I was one of the kid, those kids, I would have gone to live with an aunt and uncle. Mm. There's no way I would have stayed in that shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> so next one, Justin Smith. Uh, hi Glenn and Josh been listening for over three years now and I appreciate all that you guys do thank you uh, I have a question for you I'm loving Rocket League that's not a question Woohoo! especially since it is free with plus still not a question <laughs> <laughs> but that led me to thinking how do free plus games affect developers uh, do they get their normal share or their f- of the full sale price from Sony no uh, if a game blows up like it looks like Rocket League is, can being a plus game actually hurt the developers due to reduced payouts? Yes. Uh, yes and no. Yeah. Well, all right. So PSNID, uh, JRS, VDC. Thanks in advance. Also, I know you guys want to focus on Extra Life and your affiliate links, but I will continue to cry out for a seasonal Kickstarter or Patreon. (sighs) I have supported via PayPal before, but would love to see you guys offering an alternative to give cash. Charity is great, but you're a real growing business now. Don't want to starve that cash cash flow. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Uh... All right, so back to plus. Yeah, let's talk about that first, and we'll talk about the Patreon thing. <clears throat> uh, so, 
my understanding because the the thing is with the with the plus stuff, they're very secretive about it. I think there's a thing in the contract every time that basically there's a non-disclosure. Yeah, as far as I know. But from my understanding, and maybe Josh has heard differently. Oh, I won't uh, tell well, you if I have. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't heard anything directly from anybody. I've just gotten like bits and pieces over the years. But basically, they negotiate a number with Sony, and they, from what I've heard, it's done pretty well for for a lot of developers. Every now and then, a game will blow up big time, and and they probably could have gotten more out of it. But a lot of times, these free games on PlayStation Plus usually have some kind of a DLC available at some point. And the DLC is not part of the PlayStation Plus deal, the contract. So anything they they sell DLC wise, they get. You know, it's it's not. You know, it doesn't go to Sony. It's standard rates apply. So that's kind of how they they on the on the secondary market monetize these PSN games. Now I don't know if they're going to do that with Rocket League. I think at some point they might bring out some DLC. I don't know if it's going to be free or what. Um. But the thing is, it's kind of – there's some developers out there that don't know how well their game's going to do. And this is kind of an out for them because they put so much time and effort into it. They know what they have to cover for expenses and everything else. They're getting a pretty decent profit out of it, and it's, it's essentially guaranteed sales. And that's why the DLC model works for them after the fact because you know we're paying roughly 5 bucks a month for PlayStation Plus and you're getting all these games for free essentially for 5 bucks um i think that it stings a lot less for people to buy DLC because you know that you like this game or you don't like this game so you don't feel as obligated to get DLC you know like a season pass beforehand you don't have to pre-order the season pass uh you know all these people that are loving Rocket League now, I'm sure if they did some kind of cool DLC, a lot of people would probably buy it because there's so many people that love the game. But, yeah, I mean, there is that possibility that you'll get a payout and all of a sudden the game blows up. Maybe you would have gotten more, but the thing is, maybe the game is blowing up essentially because it is free and a lot of these people wouldn't have tried the game out before and you wouldn't have gotten dick for sales. Yeah. So it's this really weird line that you're walking, you know? Because I think Rocket League is one of those games that it has a good core audience, the people that knew the original game on the PS3, and a lot of people are talking the game up on PS4, but I think a lot of people wouldn't have tried the game out. And now that people are trying it out because it's free, they're freaking out. My Twitter feed's full of people just raving about the game. But I don't know if that would have been the case if it wasn't free. You know? True. But there's other games that are free for plus that everybody's like, well, this sucks. Not many, but every now and then. Or it's just too weird and it's not mainstream enough. And for in those situations, I think people that get that deal, that contract from Sony, are probably making out pretty well. Because that gives them the money to develop another game. Yeah, it's guaranteed money. But yeah, yeah you are taking a chance. But, I, I, but from what I've heard, nobody's been upset about what they've gotten out of it. Oh. Nobody's complained like, oh, you know, I got totally screwed on it. Yeah, I heard one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I heard one that, yeah, they really did. They were like, oh. But, you know, they were like, hmm. oh, okay. that's 
par for the course. You know, you take a chance. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's the risk you're taking. Yeah. I mean, you can either just take it to market and see if it sells well. See if you because a lot of times, especially with the indie titles, the 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 biggest problem that indies have is getting the word out on their game. And this is a way for them to do that as well. Um, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, it's very enticing when you're going to get a check. And you're going to get a guaranteed check. No matter how well your game would have sold, because now you're not selling it, you're selling it as a package to Sony. Sony's giving it away as part of the program. Yeah. So, I mean, you, but you're getting guaranteed money. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's the big thing. You have to kind of weigh that and decide decide what you're you know what you're comfortable with really so yeah but yeah yeah it's it's i mean the problem is there's no way to tell like oh i could have sold this money you have no idea and i think that's why people take the money because they don't know how it's going to sell and this is a guarantee you know you're not going to get less money from sony if nobody downloads the game you're getting a check for a certain amount of money and that's negotiated each time from what i've understood it's not just a flat rate yeah. So again, this is all conjecture and guesses and everything else, but that's what I've taken from talking to some people. Nobody's ever gotten specific with me. Yep. So, all right. And the whole Patreon thing. So, the biggest problem that we have with doing some kind of thing like a Patreon is the fact that number one, we're asking for money and we've never felt comfortable doing that. But number two, a lot of the, the the stuff we see on Patreon is it's kind of like that Kickstarter thing where if somebody donates, let's say fifty bucks, then there's like this level where oh may, maybe we'll offer uh, an exclusive podcast to those people that donate a certain amount of money. So there's like reward levels. The problem is it's really tough for us to do. Josh and I both have full time jobs now. Josh has two kids. Um, I'm always running around already because I don't really I live like a gypsy right now. Um, and we can't guarantee that. And that's the big problem. I mean, look how long it's taken for us to even think about doing the second bond cast. Still. <laughs> how long ago was that first one? How many, how many centuries ago was that? Yeah. It's just really tough for he and I to do it. Uh, and, and the, the thing is we don't want to promise something that we can't follow through on, you know? Um, also I just, I don't trust a revenue stream like that. I just don't. I like the affiliate program. It's working really well for us. Uh, we're trying to expand it as much as possible to give people options. If people use it and people do use it, uh, if we can get more people using it, hey, who knows? But uh, I just don't trust the whole Patreon thing. And I've talked to a couple people at E3 MPSX that are kind of living off a Patreon situation right now, and, and you can see it in their eyes. They're scared as shit. Like if because people drop off every now and then we've seen it even with the, with the few PayPal ones we get like all of a sudden you get a notice this this person unsubscribed or whatever from PayPal and you're like oh and it's that kind of thing that makes me very weary of trying to rely on uh, essentially donations you know what I mean it, it, I would much rather have people use the affiliate links because they're going to go shopping anyway and it, yeah. if it was more expensive for them I, I probably wouldn't want to do it but it's it's the same price no matter what so just hit the link and buy it. And we get a little piece of the action no matter what, you know? That's why I like it so much. And it, it, it is. It works. It works for us. It does well. We pay our bills with it. Uh, and, and that, you know, and that's what we need. That's, that's all we're asking. 
So I pre- you know, I, I see every somebody every now and then, like, oh, we should do a Patreon. I just don't think it would go over that big. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm underestimating things, but I, I don't. I don't know. What, what are your What are your thoughts, Josh? <sighs> I, I honestly don't know. I I don't know how well. Well, you don't would... really deal with our financial stuff either. So <laughs> no, and. I don't know. And that's not by choice. It's just not available. So. Well, what? You can get to all the accounts. I, I can't really. Um, it just, it doesn't matter. I, it's, I worry about when you do something like that, it is one of those things where you, you kind of need to add more content. Yeah. Um and it's it is tough in the position that we're in with having full-time jobs and all and kids and a wife and everything else that goes along with that and the fact that yeah. I'm trying to get a business off the ground essentially my own business off the ground um which is moving along the way that it should right now I would sure. just like it to move along the way that it should a little quicker. <laughs> <laughs> But it is moving along the way that it should. Um, it's it's tough to, first of all, to figure out what that extra content is, what would be worth. Yeah, we bandied money. that around for quite a while. Like, what would it be? Yeah. We, we and it's really tough because we talk so freaking long on the regular podcast usually that what the hell else do we have to talk yeah, about? We had, a, we had a lot of trouble with that, just even figuring out what we could do that, yeah. that would be worth it to somebody to say, Oh yeah, sure. I'll kick in some money if I can get some of that every week or get some of that every month or whatever it is. But we couldn't even come up with something. (laughs) If people are comfortable with us not doing any of that stuff, then why not just do the PayPal? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Patreon and PayPal are the same mechanism. That's what is so weird when people say, I don't like PayPal, do Patreon. I'm like, it's the same thing. Yeah. We actually do better with PayPal because they take less uh, they take less of the money than Patreon does. So, and I'm not saying PayPal is the answer either. We'd leave it up there and people do use it. And we have a couple that I, I need to shout out this week, but uh, we don't, that's not our expectation. That's why the affiliate links are so nice because you don't have to do anything extra except for click a link or even put it in your bookmarks. I don't even care. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we think about it every now and then. I, at least I do, and it's just really tough for us. We, we we were we got really serious about it for a while. We were emailing, be like, "Oh, what can we do?" And, and I'm like, "Well, do we have any time to even produce all this?" Yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough right now. It is. I mean, the thing is, the kind of funny guys they quit their jobs. That's their full time thing. So obviously, they can put a, a ton of content up. Just like a lot of these YouTubers that get all this ad money off of YouTube or whatever else, they can afford to do it because that's their job. This isn't our job. Yeah. Even though it dominates our life sometimes, it's not our job. We have full-time jobs also. It does. And it would be, it would be great to take that step and, and make it happen. But oh yeah, that's a huge step to take, especially with two very young children. And that I, can't guarantee I feel that. Doing that at yeah, all. yeah. I, I can't guarantee that we would that we would get that revenue stream and that we it could continue. Like we had always yeah. joked, you know, if if everybody that listened to the podcast used Amazon 
that we could quit our jobs and Ugh. and be okay. But <clears throat> you know, we do good. We do really well with Amazon in terms of We do we do better with Amazon than I ever thought we yeah. would. And we do I mean, really well. I, I can't tell you how much we all appreciate it. We really do. I mean, it's you don't know how much of a load it, off our minds it is when we can afford to pay our web server and we, you know, these admins that we have for the server that I'm, I'm bringing. And on we and, can afford E3 for six <laughs> people and hotels and all that stuff. It's it's a huge, oh, that was a brutal one. Yeah, but it is a huge thing, and and it's yeah. it's fantastic. It's amazing, and you can see the results of it on the website. I still have to get the disney thing up i'm going to get it up this week that yeah and this is the last one for me i just it's been tough with this one because i recorded it unfortunately on my phone oops because that's i i was trying to rush it and i just grabbed my i was like here here i'll record it here and i just grabbed my phone but the audio quality is not great and trying to get all the information out and i was like is this worth it and the first i i played it (laughs) I was like, I'll, I'll, I could just go from memory. The very yeah. first thing I hit play on it and the first words out of her mouth, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. That is all right. This is why I have to do this because <laughs> I had that's why I've, I've come to recording every session I'm in like that because, yeah. you know, you've got all this shit coming at you from all angles at E3 and it's just this three day insanity. Yeah. And you think you're going to remember this stuff, and then you sit down and you're like, "What the fuck?" And you don't remember a thing. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's it's. But you can. It, it's important. Getting back to that, what I was getting at, you can see the results of six people at E3 on the website. Oh my god! Yes. That that listing of all the content that went up, and I mean, even if you strip away all the content that was news that the guys did at home, which was huge. And look at how many times it says hands-on in there. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. It's bigger than anything we've ever done so far. It's so yeah. just being We're not going past six people. <laughs> We're never going past six people. Just being able to do that, just being able to pull that off, yeah. and that's all from the Amazon money. And that's all from you guys just shopping the way you just normally shop. Exactly. But using our link all, along the way. That's a huge And it's not just Amazon. Us. We've I mean we've had other ones pay off as well. There's the uh, micro something or other, the beer one. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a couple checks from them. Uh, you know, we have the Amazon Europe that we get paid for regularly now. Amazon Germany, I think we get paid every three months. Amazon Canada, we do pretty decently with. So there's all these other ones that that pay off every now and then as well, and that just you know that goes in the bank just like everything else. And and we have to remember. I mean, it pays. It pays for me to go to PAX and cover hopefully a shitload at the Indie Mega Booth, and that's why I'm not going to QuakeCon. Is because I couldn't do both trips, and it was either cover four games or cover hopefully maybe sixty. See, and I forget all of the, and I do it often. Unfortunately, I forget a lot of the affiliates that we have. Between, I'll just run down the list real quick for people who might not be aware, who have forgotten, or who didn't even realize all the ones we've added: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Best Buy, Book Depository. EA Origin, GameStop. So GameStop is on there for all you people that actually want to shop there. Yeah. Uh, Go Hastings, Micromatic, Microsoft Store, uh, Newegg. (laughs) I know. It just seems funny that we have that one on there. They do. Well, if we could do PlayStation Gear, I'd love to be an affiliate of that. No shit. Um, 
but the Microsoft Store, which does PCs and games and everything else, they you know they have whatever. Uh, Newegg, PlayAsia, we got the big ones here, you know. Uh, yeah. Rakuten, which is Buy.com, Rift Tracks, which I use every now and then. Write stuff with one F. dot com, which is anime <laughs> stuff. Uh, oh yeah. Tiger Direct US, Tiger Direct Canada, and Walmart. I mean, we've got the big big ones up here. I forget constantly that stuff like Walmart and Best Buy are there. Yep. Um, so I don't blame anybody for forgetting it, but it's just one of those things. Amazon was the first one we had, so we were harping on Amazon so much, but we have added in a lot of stuff people asked for along the way. Yeah, the other stuff that we've added is pretty much all suggestions, yeah. and, and people ask us to put them on there. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways you can help us get paid. Um, yeah. without really putting anything out of your pocket that you weren't already going to do because you were going to go buy something from Walmart or exactly. you're go buy something from PlayAsia, you know? <clears throat> so it's all there, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, it's, it's one of those things. <sighs> and, and the thing is like, I've said it before, but all that money goes back into PS Nation. Yeah. It's not like we're going out and buying gold mugs to drink out of or something. Well, my, it literally goes well, except for Josh. He had to have my it. My ivory back scratcher. <laughs> back scratcher. <laughs> uh, I mean, it does. It, go, it all goes back into PS Nation. It goes into the trips we take. It goes into Extra Life. I mean, Extra Life, all the shipping for all the prizes comes out of that money. Uh, my my gas going out to, to Josh is that 16-hour drive I take. Um our you know our food that we get for for the the marathon all that stuff that that's where that money comes out of and and it helps it helps greatly and and uh, to have that available yeah and that's the thing of it you know it's it's a it's a great revenue source yeah. and it's all going right back into the podcast <clears throat> if it jumped exponentially then we could look at quitting our jobs and we'd actually have money <laughs> that we could live on and pay all our bills pay all the, you know, PS nation bills and, and just do this full time. And that'd be amazing, yeah. but we're not there, you know? No, we're not. I mean, it, it, we're doing fine. We are. I mean, we absolutely are. Yeah. I, this all used to come out of my pocket, not ours, my pocket. So trust me, I'm, I'm very happy with how things are working. Yeah. <laughs> So I could have bought a I could have bought probably an Audi with all the money I put into PS Nation. Just saying, yeah. maybe a nice Cadillac. So yeah, it's Art. it's great. It's you know for mm. now, if you guys could just use those when you're shopping at any of those stores. And if you have another one that you want to recommend, yeah. let us know. If there's a store you use all the time, we'll see if they have an affiliate program. And there you go. Yeah. That helps us out, and you're doing the same shopping you were doing before. That's how book depository and write stuff. That's how a lot of these come up. <clears throat> yep. So. Yeah. So, all right, enough harping yeah. on that. But uh, we appreciate the, the sentiment. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's see here. Number number three, last one. Uh, I, I have to I have to reply to a text message from Josh. Okay. All right. Well, that's, this that's is from, an important text message. <laughs> I know. I I responded to it. Uh, this one's from our good friend Sadek Al Hassan. He says, "Hi guys, great job with the podcast and E3 coverage as usual. I got a few more PSN 
uh, messages about our E3 coverage, by the way. So uh, I greatly appreciate everybody reaching out like that. It's it's very nice to hear that you guys enjoyed what we did and, and uh, enjoyed the coverage. So it makes it worth it. <laughs> <clears throat> uh oh yeah okay uh so he says hey uh, uh i've been thinking about getting just cause 3 till i saw some gameplay footage for mad max both games come from the same developer and share the concept of a sandbox world with different settings i'm leaning more toward mad max wasteland uh, i don't have enough gaming time to spend on open world titles i didn't finish gta 5 yet even Given what you currently know of both titles, which is very little, uh, which game would you get and why? Keep up the good work. Sadek El Hassan. Depends on what you want. Just Cause 3 will be unbridled mayhem. Will just be absolute batshit crazy fun. Mad Max will be more of post-apocalyptic wasteland and driving and car combat and upgrades and stuff like that. Um, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't know how I could <laughs> describe <Yeah>. them better. <laughs> Mad Max is more kind of, it has a little bit of RPG ish stuff yeah. in it with, cause you have to go out and, and scavenge yep. and you have to make relationships with the different clans that are out there. Uh, so, that's the big difference. I mean, Just Cause 3 is going to be that same insane gameplay where you can steal anything you want. You can, you know, have the grappling hook with the parachute and all that crazy stuff. Mad Max is going to be more, I think, methodical to a certain extent. Uh, I mean, you're going to have missions you have to go out on just like in Just Cause 3. But uh, the, the section I played, I had to get uh, a hood ornament of all things uh, and, and, a, <laughs> and an upgraded engine out of a couple of different vehicles. So I had to go out and actually attack these these convoys and try to take them out with the different weapons and that sort of thing. But at the same time, I was still trying to earn an upgrade for my car. Uh, Just Cause 3, you're trying to basically take out a regime or something like that, I'm sure. <laughs> and but that's, I, that's the big difference. But that's a, it's going to be more action-packed on Just Cause. Yeah. Mad Max is going to be... Uh, the pace is going to go up and down on it because you're going to be dealing with uh, different factions and uh, upgrading your car and scavenging for parts. Like you'll come across a, a settlement and you have to go and look for parts. And uh, water is very scarce, obviously. So you, there's going to be that element. I think the water is actually going to be more of the kind of the mon- monetary system or the economy uh, will be the parts that you scavenge and also the water. So. Like I said, a little more RPG-ish in, in, in many respects with Mad Max, but also a lot of action. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one, I'd probably take Just Cause 3. We know what Josh's answer is. Uh, I don't know if I had to pick they, one. They both look really interesting. Yeah, and they both do. They, and honestly, before I saw the movie, I was kind of cool to the whole Mad Max thing. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. And then I saw the movie and I'm like, oh, all right, now we're kind of going <laughs> to play a game like that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I've only played Mad Max and I can only tell you what I played and, and what I played, I enjoyed, but at the same time, I'm not big on the whole scavenging stuff. And, you know, I think there was a little bit of like really simplistic crafting and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, which I'm fine with. I mean, that's that's, it's, it's not really my thing. It's like a just cause three is just unbridled thing, action, you know. Yeah, in a way, yeah. scavenging and crafting and whatever. Right. So it's. I think they're both going to be excellent. Yeah. I mean, Avalanche is an awesome developer. They are. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, really quick, I keep forgetting to thank him, uh, but Tim Anderson up in St. Paul, I need to say thank you on the podcast. I've said it many times to him, uh, but he was the gentleman that reached out uh, before E3 and uh, offered to let me leave my car there. He took me to the airport, dropped me off, uh, had a fun time hanging out with his wife, him and his wife and some of their friends at the bar uh, before I left for E3. Um, it was it was very very cool of him to do that, and I thank you so much, sir, for for uh, putting up with my you know my stupid flight times and everything else. But uh, really appreciate it. Hopefully, we can play some stuff online. I don't have his PSN name in front of me, but I'll find it and uh, I'll have everybody friend bomb him. But uh, thank you so much for for doing that. That was very awesome. So I keep forgetting to bring that up on the podcast. So I wanted to make sure I brought it up. All right, are we done. I hope so. I think we are. All right. I gotta edit this son of a bitch till tonight. Ugh. And we have to figure out a title. I have to finish up my my <clears throat> PGA tour written review and jam all those fifty. <laughs> I took. It was the same with with Until Dawn, God of War, and PGA tour. Just do a gallery at the I, end. Of 700 pictures of each? No, I can't. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> I was, you have a problem. I well, I'm at a point where I can just go, oh, click, oh, click, oh, yeah. click. <laughs> I swear to God, that share button is pretty much there just for people to review games because that is so fucking It awesome. is. It's so easy, but I <laughs> end up with like five, six, seven, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. And then I go to download them. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Well, and then I didn't know that all of a sudden I was going to be doing the God of War 3 review. And the funny thing is when I was streaming it, I was taking screenshots because it's such a habit now. Yeah, but it's and now I'm glad I did. <laughs> but with those, you've got oh, don't you have the uh, the chat on the side? No, I don't do it okay. that way. I uh, I I leave my laptop or my or my uh, tablet okay. and I read the chat that yeah. way. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Gotta War Three will not be written up by tomorrow. Just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get the hell out of here. I didn't do that stuff at the beginning. You keep forgetting to uh, remind me. But if you want to email us like these fine people, these fine gentlemen, I believe they're all gentlemen, at least men, uh, you can email us at podcast at psnation.com or go over to psnation.com. Look on that left side. There's a contact us section uh, with all of our fine information, including our PSN names. And uh, I, I think people heard me last week on the podcast about – if you send us a friend request, please just let us know in the comment uh, on the invitation that you're from PS Nation because I got a shitload of invites this week. <laughs> um, just please let us know that you're a podcast listener or whatever. Uh, don't don't just leave the, the, the general message in there because we try to leave these slots open for our community members. And if it's just the general message or no message at all, it gets deleted right away. Uh, not trying to be cocky about it or anything. We just want to make sure that it's our community that we're playing with, uh, that, because that's what we care about first and foremost, honestly. So, uh, yeah. So, but you can find our PSN names there. You can find our Twitter, which is uh, Josh's is at uh, at PJF Josh. Our main Twitter account is at PS Nation. Uh, you can find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash PS Nation page. 
You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash psnation. You can find our website at psnation.com or our forums at psnation.com slash forums, or you can click the forums button on the website. Uh, and those affiliate links that we talked so much about for a few minutes ago, you can see that on the front page. Just scroll down a little bit on the left side, you'll see affiliate link section. And all you got to do is just click the link to go to that store instead of typing in like Amazon.com. Just click our Amazon link. We have it for, I think, seven different countries in there right now too. So uh, if, you're, if you're not in the U.S., we might have a link for you. You don't ever know. So, and they're all set up and ready to go. Uh, but like we said – Check those out because you're not spending any any additional money. You're not getting a different experience. It's just whatever shopping you were normally going to do, the difference is we get a little piece of it. And it doesn't affect you whatsoever, which is awesome. Except, well, it does affect you because the more money we make off that, maybe the better quality the podcast gets. The more videos we post. Mm-hmm. Maybe Josh will start using the Elgato we bought him. I don't know. I, I was using it, but then every, uh, the uh-huh. whole thing went to shit. <laughs> It was the, I mean, you know what happened behind my TV after Extra Life. Everything just kind of did not uh-huh. work anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's changed, though. I did not give you. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to plug that in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to check out the VGEVO podcast network over VGEVO.com. Oh, uh, I did plug that in. I couldn't get it to work. <laughs> and then I stopped. Damn it. I told you to use it on that screen, the Sony screen. Use it on there. And remember the buttons on the front and below. We'll talk about it later. All right. Which the funny thing is you really don't need I it don't, because you can turn HTCP off on the PS4. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Oh, my God. We've almost hit four hours. Are you happy now? Yeah. I don't want to hear any shit from Carl Sawinski or anybody else. Uh, all right. Get out there, play some games. Have a great week. We will talk to you very soon. Thanks much. Is it four hours yet? No. We, we're not waiting that Is long. Is it four hours yet? <laughs> nope. <laughs> How about God now? Damn you. I have to edit tonight. It's almost nine o'clock already. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Can someone get me off Facebook, please? Get me off Facebook. I'm I'm obsessed. Are we all on Facebook here? What is it with the updating of the status every five fucking minutes? I was on the other day, a dude on my page, it was like, Johnny is eating blueberries. 15 minutes later, Johnny is still eating blue. They're so good. I'm sorry, is blueberries the new code word for semen? Because this is really gay. What are you eating for real? Let's talk. Here's the thing. If you're updating your Facebook status every five minutes, you need to get off Facebook and on monster.com and get a job right now. People try to brag with their Facebook updates, right? Megan is so busy. Really, Megan? <laughs> really? You're subject to your profile 97 times today, okay? You updated 42 photos of your cat in a costume. Really? Here's the thing. Before Facebook, we never had to, like, update our friends on the minutia of our life, right? It's not like I called up a friend and was like, Hey, Melissa, I'm thinking about packing. Okay, bye. What is time for that? I feel like people with their Facebook updates, they try to be, like, funny and, like, witty. You know, like, I'd like to see some honest Facebook updates, you know? Like, Mark just got $200 cash and is driving downtown at 3 in the morning. Excuse me? I'd like to hear more about that, please. Lindsay just made $300 in 15 minutes.
15 minutes. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> 